Shop at Acme and redeem your rewards points for free grocery items or discounts on gas at participating Exxon or mobile stations. Download the Acme mobile app or visit acmemarkets.com. Hello, everybody. WMMR, Philadelphia. Housekeeping. No, thank you. Sleep it. Housekeeping, you want towels? Want towels. Need sleepy. Housekeeping, you want men for pillow? Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. You're listening to Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR with Preston Elliott. You will listen to every damn word I have to say. And Steve Morrison. Words are like bullets. Plus, Casey Boy. Lay off me. I'm starving. Kathy Romano. Nick McElwain. I'm just not the, the hero type. And Marissa Magnata. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. And now, Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. You know what? I recognize the sound at the end of that song, Caution and Killers. There's something about it that just sounds so beautiful. I like the melody overall, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, U2's Bad. At the very, very end there. I don't know what it is. A little bit oh. of that guitar and a little bit of that synthesizer reminds me of the beginning of, of Bad, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. So The Killers uh, can do that kind of uh, inspirational, yeah. non-schmaltzy rock better than just about anybody now. Uh, this is in 2020. Lindsay collaborated with The Killers on their studio album. Who's Lindsay? Lindsay Buckingham. Oh. Uh, that and- guitar solo that you like at the end of that, it's Lindsay Buckingham. No way. Yeah. I, d- I just found that out as well. Okay. So he worked with the Killers on this record, and uh, and he is the guitarist on. on I love Lindsay Buckingham. By the way, I was going to talk about something else, and we probably will, but I, but I will bring this up real quick since you mentioned uh, Lindsay Buckingham. Um, uh, the dreams yes. thing that Stevie Nicks did the thing. Mm-hmm. Stevie the Nicks. Thing. Stevie Nicks jumped on and did that, and so did Mick Fleetwood, right? And a few others, and. <sighs> I missed it. I, I missed the whole You thing. saw the original? Yeah, yeah, eventually, after it was already gigantic. This is the video of the guy on the skateboard right. uh, singing a part of Dreams. I mean, it's a, was a 10-second video, and yeah. all of a sudden it, it kind of exploded, and I was like... I don't know. I don't get what the big deal is. There's, anyway. there's so much of that stuff now that pops up every two minutes but that one, it's easy to miss out on those things. One thing I do like is the fact that there is some renewed uh, interest in Fleetwood Mac. Yes. Uh, which I think is really cool. I, think, I just yeah. watched the uh, the dance the other night, the, um, the, the live. Um, oh, con- I love that. That is a great concert uh film i guess you call it or whatever it is but it's a, it's an incredible performance and i forgot that um courtney love is in the audience for that she is yeah oh that's cool yeah it was two nights in la i think it was 97 or 98 yeah. steve that they released that it's a it's a great live dvd and, and cd as well um and it's cool to see the whole band uh still vibe together and, and they've kind of you know fallen apart since then because Lindsay left the band and they've uh, christy mcvee has been in and out so many times but um uh, i love that live record so the guy's name his name is Nathan Apotica, who did the uh, uh, the skateboard, the original video. And I guess he was just, you know, he just posted it. And, yeah. And it took on a life of its own. He, like, mm. didn't do it to get a uh, viral reaction. But sometimes you never know. You don't know what's going to take off. He now has a home in Calabasas and a $30 million. <laughs> well, and, but now he'll be thrown on the pile yeah. right, of all the other... 10-minute sensation. And there's a ton of them. And there would be more. There yeah. W- there will be more, and these will come and go, and someday, you know, it's just 15 minutes, but that's that's a lot of time. Very rarely does one turn into 
career, you know, or something that yes. really not everyone's a PewDiePie goes the distance. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part, it's a flare up, right? And dude, you better grab it while you can. Yeah, TikTok is whatever money you can out of it as quickly as you can because it will be gone before you know it. You're Marissa. so right. Marissa? Did you see that Ocean Spray gave him yeah. uh, a whole like year supply of juice yeah. and a car? Oh, in a car. car. In a car. Yeah, the, there's a pickup truck that all the juice was inside of. That was part of the gift as oh, well. Oh, wow. Real, real, maze balls. But it it has uh, had people revisiting or discovering Fleetwood Mac's back catalog, the chain. And Landslide are now both on the Spotify U.S. chart and across all streaming services. Fleetwood Mac songs were up 68%. I love that band. And Stevie Nicks is a giant. She's unbelievable, her talent. Yeah, she's, uh, everybody was great. Yeah. Man. It's, they're very impressive. You look at the makeup. They're one of those, really one of those super groups of like the Eagles or yeah. the Beatles. You know, these, this group of people managed whatever paths they took in life, brought them together, and then boom. A little bit different, though, because they were they were kind of chosen, and as opposed to the Beatles, which were just guys that kind of grew up in the same town, and they yeah. made a band, and they were incredible. These were kind of hand-picked here and there, and some shuffling around of the lineup, but eventually it landed on the right magical people got For together. Rumors album and, was, oh, yeah, was masterpiece. exploded. Masterpiece. And then at one point, they were all banging each other, which yes. <laughs> makes me think it would be a really good uh, movie at some point. And they know? did obscene amounts of cocaine. Yes, they, they did. did. So, um, good for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Keep at it. All right. So, cocaine other, is very good. The other thing that. Oh, no, that's if very we, bad. I'm if sorry. If we've learned anything, cocaine Co- is great. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think we learned it's bad. <laughs> we always so, learn the wrong lesson. Another thing that, that kind of went viral the other day, but not to that extent. This was just a, a tweet about a beloved card game. Uh, Uno. And I know you hate Uno. I do hate Uno. You pretty much hate all. I do. I do. Uno was one that was foisted upon me a number of times. Like, try it again. Try it again. All right. All right. And uh, it's one of those things I could just, I just, and I know it's my ADD. I don't blame the game itself, but it just bores the F out of me. Well, yeah. Yeah. It's not your thing. It's not my thing, man. But I've played a gazillion games. I'm into Uno. My Mm -hmm. kids, um, day before yesterday, asked me if I wanted, they had some friends over there were, you know, doing some school work and uh, asked if I wanted to play and I, I had some work to do so I couldn't do it. So, Kids are people still play Uno right. quite yeah, regularly. It's a very popular game. I don't remember ever pulling this. Okay, so Uno recently reminded people on their Twitter about a rule that nearly everyone seems to ignore, and people weren't all that happy about it. Yesterday, Uno tweeted about one of the rules that many people seem to be ignoring, so much so that it has become an official, unofficial rule where everyone knows that you can do it, though it's not mentioned in the official rules. And so the tweet from Uno read. Per management, you cannot stack a draw two on a draw two. Which means what? Or a plus two on a plus two. So the way Uno... I didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. That's well, part of the original rule? So, no. Okay. Well, it says you can't do that. So here's what I had always done, oh, Kathy. Boy. And tell me if you did or not. And then I'll explain how this goes, Steve. But if somebody puts down a, a blue plus two on you... Right. And say you have a yellow one. Yeah. Then you would you put your... Yellow one down. Now, would that mean that the person next yeah. would have to draw four? Did you play it that no, way? You, oh, no. no. Like, I, I would have to draw the two, and then if I put the yellow two down, the person next to me would have to draw No, two. you draw two and lose a turn. 
I think you lose a turn. Mm. Yeah. Or, or, but anyhow, they're they're saying what people were doing, Kathy, was they would put down somebody would put down a blue plus two, then they would play a blue plus, uh, uh, or I mean, like a yellow plus two. Yeah. And then they would say the next person has That's to draw good. four, mm. and if they would throw mm. down like a green plus two, the person after that would have to draw six. Oh, that's getting. I've too never confusing. played that. No, no we don't and play Uno that. Uno says this is the, the this is what they believe the standard rule should be, but no one plays that way. They, they no, they say that you can't do that. Oh, I have no they idea. What's you going cannot on. do that, but people were but doing it anyway, and it's not stated in the rules. See, right. I I recently read the rules because uh, we're into Uno now uh, at the house. So I'm so sorry. Just like the ba- <laughs> no, you know what? I don't mind. Uno yeah. is way better than some of those damn board games that he loved Monopoly for. Oh a my while. god! Well then, okay, we I'll would take leave that. it out and like play over days, weeks. Um, so <sighs> now he's just into Uno. Which I'm fine with that. But uh, yeah, so I recently had to go over some of the rules with him um, because he like to make his own rules, but I didn't see that in there about the, you can't put plus two on plus two. Uh, yeah, so there, and they, they also say that you, and some people were doing it with the wild card plus four. Right. But that you absolutely lose a turn on there. Yeah. But, well, all right, so if the rule does not indicate that you can't stack, does it indicate that you lose a turn in that, the rules. That I don't know. I need I, to. I, I have, need to see the rules. I would have to read that because that is the rule. Then and then you can't just make your own rule on top of the object. Uh, so refresh way, my memory. So what? the way it works, Steve, is you have you have cards of different numbers and right. different colors. There's four different colors. Right. I believe they're uh, yellow, red, blue, and green. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, other cards that that cause things to happen. Like there's a skip. Okay. Uh, there's a reverse. Right. Uh, then there's a draw four. Okay, I remember that. Uh, and then there's draw twos. And the draw four is wild. I forgot what that means. It means you pick your color, right? So you have a regular wild, which has no draws to it. You just throw the uh, the card down. You pick, right. you pick the color. And then you have a draw four, which so, is a wild. Which plus. means you, you change the color and you can... And the, person. the next player has to draw four. Okay, yes. I got you. So what happens, Steve, is if somebody puts down, you can match the number or the the card um, command oh, yeah. with a different color. So if somebody throws down a green skip, you can throw down a blue skip uh, and continue to play. And or well, it would skip. <laughs> Skip's a bad uh, uh, example. A reverse. Let's say somebody okay. throws down a blue reverse and it, it goes to your turn. And then you can put down a red reverse and it will turn around and go the other you, way. You could be speaking Mandarin right now and Steve <laughs> would be less uh, interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm trying. Here's what I was always uh, figured out weird was when you were playing with just two people yeah. and you'd play a skip. Right. It's just your turn. It's just your uh, turn. Right. That's all. Yeah. We, I right? feel like a lot of the rules go out the door Same when, thing when you just play with two of them. Yeah. 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 And a reverse. Reverse, yes. skip, draw two, draw four. They're all, you're just skipping the, the, the other, your competitor's yeah. turn. Yeah. Now. What the f- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Two things. Um, when you have two cards left. Uh, and uh, I'm, yeah, uh, and you have a draw four, and you throw the draw four wild. Now you're left. You have a yellow in your hand. Will you say? Will you call the color that you have? Or yeah. if you're playing with oh more, if you're, if you're playing with more than one person, do you call the color that you have, or do you play a little mind game? Oh, so oh. they think that it's your color, and they really try to change the color. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I usually play it pretty straight, but that's a good strategy. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would like uh, Uno the Purge. That would be cool. <laughs> Where you, when when you have when you get Uno, you get to kill another. You get person to kill another table. person at the table. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like Steve, it. Uh, in the last Walking Dead, uh, Far From Beyond, whatever it's called, um, these kids are in a spring break. They're in a treehouse. <laughs> yeah. And they're it's nighttime, and they're just kind of trying yeah. to pass the time, and they find a, a Monopoly game. And I couldn't help but think, I'm like, if this was Steve, he would jump out of the treehouse and feed himself. To I the would zombies. dive out into the zombies. <laughs> Where in fact, are the I, zombies? I, I would put the new sauce from Kentucky Fried Chicken all over me. <laughs> Steve, we uh, we play Monopoly all. The time at our house, uh, my, my son loves it. Um, but th- it's funny because th- there are parallels between Monopoly and, and Uno, where rules just change over time. And, and one that is now common, and, and I think where most people play Monopoly is uh, free parking gets you five hundred bucks automatically. Any, any fine that you pay goes right into the. That's what in the we middle. would do. We would, yeah. yeah, we would so throw the fines in the in modified the, rules will become part of the accepted um, yeah. rule, even though it's if it's not codified by um, yeah. the actual. Yeah, what is the rule? You can have house rules. It's nothing. Yeah. When you get to free parking, it's you're not nothing. you're not supposed to get money. You're not supposed to put oh. that money. Like if you get fined two hundred dollars for whatever, you're supposed to just pay that to the bank. Huh. It changes the game and it makes it a little more fun. And there's kind of a lottery involved. Uh, feel free to call with your house rules if you want. Two one five two six three WMMR. It's like a pool. You know, we have a pool table. I got house rules. Oh yeah, yeah? absolutely. Yeah. What are the rules? Uh, fold your laundry on it. Uh, fold, yeah, you, <laughs> you do your laundry on it. Uh, if you if you um, Sink a ball and scratch. You have to pull the, that ball back out. Okay. Uh, one foot on the ground at all times. All times, I get that. Um, there is... I've forgotten the rest of them, but there... Isn't one foot on uh, the ground at all times a standard rule? Yeah, but if, if it's your house, you can, right. you can change it. So right. um, uh, we always call the pocket. Uh, no slop, we call it. If you make a slop shot, you lose your turn. Okay. The ball stays in, but you lose your turn. You also have foosball. Yes. No spinsies? No spinsies ever get out of my house. <laughs> Yeah, what are you, seven? Spinzi's just a, is it just a cheap, it, it's, so, you might as well even, just don't play. They had foosball tables at my kid's middle school. Right. I taught them strictly, no spin. And they would go and play at school. Nobody there has a foosball table. And they would they would play by our house rules, and, and everybody thought it was funny and stupid. Because mm. they were spinzies, aren't they? They were spinners. Sons of bitches. Spinners. spinners. I bought a uh, chess board last week. I love playing chess, and uh, checkers is fun, too. On the reverse side of the chessboard is a backgammon board. Oh, I've never played backgammon. My okay. wife loves. All right. ba- she's taught me about forty-four times. Yeah, <laughs> I forget every time I so play. <laughs> I, I tried watching a YouTube instructional yeah. video on how to play backgammon, and uh, Steve, the face you were making while Preston was explaining Uno to you was yeah. me was the same face that I had while trying to watch this backgammon video. <laughs> I don't think that backgammon is inherently that difficult. It, it isn't. It I actually just isn't. never played it. You no. just have to play it enough to remember the okay. rules. I think there's. Two versions of it. All right. And one is more difficult than the other. One is gaping anus back in. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well, I don't want to play that one. Uh, no, the... the uh, don't knock it till you try. <laughs> I played it uh, at the, the, the little cigar shop. They, you know, they Did had you like, like a it? little... I loved it. Okay. And I actually yeah. was... Um, it's a fun game. Was good at it. Like right off the bat, you're pretty good at board games. So like, you're very well, good at no, board like games. strategic games, and so there's strategy with the, with the backgammon, and and um, it didn't take long for me to figure out the strategy. Okay. I think I just got to dive in and play. Yeah, so, so backgammon is one of those games that, that again I, I I can get into a little bit because my wife loves it so much. The video game versions of it are pretty true to the um, the actual gameplay. A game I've never understood is mahjong. Yeah, me neither. Do you like chess? I, chess, I do enjoy. Yeah, chess to me is more tactical and more strategical, yeah. and I, I do enjoy it. Um, Mexican train dominoes is. Yeah, I couldn't believe 
how much fun I had playing that. Did you play that because of Preston's wife? No. So we, we played it beforehand. I actually, we went, uh, it was a game night at a friend's house uh, about a year and a half or so ago. And I went over there thinking that we were going to play Pinochle. And I'm like, man, I haven't played Pinochle in a while. And they ripped out the, they brought the dominoes out. And I was so pissed. I was like, dude, I don't want to play dominoes. And I we, we left that night and my wife and I were like, I cannot believe how much fun we had playing Drink dominoes. dominoes. Yes. By the way, Steve, this person has your house rule. Okay, their house rule is don't start playing the game. Oh, that's a good rule. That's uh, a good rule. Here is, let me get a couple of calls here. First, I'm going to go to Deb, who is an Uno expert. All right. Hi, Deb. Hey, good morning. Sorry to bother you guys at work. No, we need to know what, what uh, what's your take on the stacking thing. Um. Oh, my gosh. Well, we don't play by the rules at all. My dad and I have been playing since... 1983. He has records where I we've played probably 20,000 games. Wow. Um, I actually probably win the majority of the times. Um, there's <laughs> there's no rules in our in our play. We will use draw fours on top of draw fours on top of um, draw twos reverses. There's there's no rules in our book. So. We just play one-on-one. Um, when I end up playing with a group of kids, uh, they get so mad because I don't play by the rules. But I'm older, <laughs> so I can kind of do whatever you I want. You can do what you want. Mm-hmm. Well, if right. you can tailor right. the rules to guarantee a victory, that's that's pretty smart. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think with the, it's more fun when you can um, have a seven cards <laughs> in your hand and you put down a draw four, a draw two, a skip, and then you're out. And the person sitting there holding all their cards. <laughs> I mean, yeah. my dad's 80 now, so I feel a little bit bad, but... Um, That's a fun know. way to end. Yeah, definitely. So the ultimate way that you win in Uno by being uh, left with, what, one card? No, no, no. You, you you go out first. You No cards. All right. And then you agree on maybe a point total, uh, Deb, on, on who wins, like 500 or something like that, because you can end up what cards are left in your hand. Oh, I see. I, or, I, I forgot how Or a number of hands that you play or something like that. Right. So we we won't keep track of the points we have left. We strictly keep track of how many games we play. Okay. So in the, in the course of a uh, of an afternoon, I mean, we might play 50 games. Oh, um <laughs> you know, but we also have rules where if you play 10 games and you've won 8 of them, we stop playing because you're just having a bad day and it's kind of not fair. Yeah, I could probably do the 50 games if the room was closed with just a window and a hose running to the gas pipe of a running car. <laughs> I could probably do that. Yeah. I thought about, about maybe you could try this with your with your dad, Deb. I thought about maybe, because there are a couple of family games that we play at my house. We play like Rummy Cube and stuff like that. And yeah, I yeah. thought about having a penalty for the loser of however we'll agree on a certain amount of rounds and then there's a penalty for the loser. Right. Uh, like you have to wear a strap on for the rest of the day or oh something like that. But of course we wouldn't do that. The house, if they're going to school. Maybe you need your dad to do it. <laughs> right. No, but I thought about I thought about that for yeah. us here oh. on the show. Oh. If we did, if we had some type of a competition amongst us, okay. the loser has to agree the next day to do something the entire day. I'd like to see Kathy or, at uh, Floral and Hardy with a strap on. Or just <laughs> at work. Something here where we wouldn't, you know, get in a lot of trouble. But think of a penalty. All right. Miss, you're going to have to leave with that. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'll pass it along to my dad. And like I said, since he does lose often, um, he lives uh, kind of around the corner from you, Preston. So maybe uh, whatever I make him do, we'll just uh, walk yeah. around the block there. Have him walk around the neighborhood yeah, yeah. with a strap on him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll and you'll know, hey, I know you. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Deb. 
Uno card. All right, take care, guys. Thanks. See you later. Did you ever play a card game? It looks like Uno. It's called Skippo. Yes. Okay. We played that? all versions of Uno. We had Uno Attack. We had uh, Spin Uno. Skippo. So we had Skippo in college, but we I never know. actually used it to for what it was actually supposed to be used. Oh, did it for. become a drinking game? It was a drinking of game, course. and we yeah. played. You you played high low with a regular deck of cards. Sure. Well, we played high low with with Skippo. Okay. And oh my god, it was like instant. What like, is the difference between Uno and Skippo? Well, uh, I I don't know. Okay. I, I don't never, remember. Had, I never played the legit rules. It had to do with skipping turns. Okay, or something. Yeah, right. it was a big part of it. But it's I like the same card company, right? Like they, under, is it Milton Bradley? Uh, no, it says from the makers of Uno. Yeah, there we go. Yes, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, all right, let me go to some other calls here. Uh, I will go and mainly people want to talk about what they do in Uno as far as customizing the game. I'm going to go to uh, Dan. Hey, Dan, good morning. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, yo, bud. What's up with you, man? Okay, so if you have two cards left in Uno, technically you're supposed to say Uno. If you do not, you're, and someone calls you on it, you have to pick up four cards. So okay. I always stack my cards in my hand so other people can't see how many cards I have left. And I guess... My question is, is that cheating or not cheating? But wait a minute. Is there any, any penalty for them calling you out? Yeah, you, I think you have, to, you have to pick up four cards. If you don't call Uno when you have Uno... No, no, no. But no, the other yeah. way around. If somebody says, wait a minute, you got one card. I'm calling you out because you didn't say Uno. Is there any penalty for them because you actually had two cards? Uh, that is a good question. I then it, no then it has nothing to do with the gameplay. It's just having some fun. So uh, I think and that's okay. not cheating. You're good. Yeah, you're good, man. You're cheating. Okay. You get a pass. All right, appreciate <laughs> it. Um, let me go to uh, Patrick. Hey, Patrick, good morning. Hey, what's up? You guys rock. <laughs> All right, customizing your game. What do you do? So basically when I play, whenever I play Uno, um, what he said um, just a little while ago, um, me and a bunch of my buddies, we do call each other out. Um, if they don't call Uno, but what happens is if you call them out, like if you stack your cards and they actually have more than one, yep, you actually have to pick up four. Okay. So it actually backfires on you. So it's basically a gamble. Okay. Okay. All right. Now also, I do play stacks, like pick up two, pick up four, reverses, even skips. Okay. All right. And it's then so complicated. And then it says Monopoly. You have a <laughs> you have a uh, uh, a customization. Yeah. So Monopoly. Oh, oh we lost. Damn it! Him. I just hung on. I can tell you what it what it was. He said, if you roll doubles, you get a thousand dollars. No, uh, snake eyes only. Snake eyes only. We used to, if you rolled three doubles in a row, oh, yeah. you had to go to jail. I think yeah. that's an actual rule. Is, is that it? a rule? Yeah, yeah. And then the only way to get out of jail is by ro- rolling doubles or getting can... the get out of jail free card. Or now you can pay. Yeah. yeah. 50 bucks, right? Yeah, you can yeah, pay to yeah. get out. Do you, you think it? that these, these rules, be, they're almost like a virus. So the, so the game comes out and then somebody starts playing it a certain way and then, then it spreads out. So these faux rules yeah. start to spread. And I, I wonder how, how surprised you would be with games that you routinely play what the real rules say yeah. you can and cannot do. Yeah, because you've played... You, you your, adopted the, the rules that somebody showed right. you how to play. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. But you're right. The, the rules like that over time have, have spread. Yes. And people pick up on them. One way they don't change, for the most part, is in is in gambling games where money's involved, correct? The the the. I mean, when was the last time there was a major shift in blackjack? No. Or it doesn't happen, right? Um, it, it can be different in some places, depending on oh. what casino you're in. Because oh, really? I, I played... I was on a, I was on a, uh, a cruise ship one time, and case 
Casey, the push went to the dealer. Yes. So when, when, we, that, when we were in London, I played blackjack and... They I had accents. My, well, that. Yeah. And then also, so push goes to the dealer. Also, um, the deal... So in, in, in London, the dealer only got one card, right? And then everybody played their hands. And so I got a blackjack, right? And then the dealer, so normally when you get a blackjack in the United States, yeah, Jack, you win. You win. You get your money automatically. Yep. You had to wait in London to see what the dealer got. And then when the dealer ended up getting 21, I didn't win my blackjack money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But 21 with That's multiple bogus. cards. I mean, with two cards, not with multiple cards, right? They uh, I don't remember. I want to say with just two cards, but I don't know if there was a... With three cards, I think. I, so here, I think it was with. As the dealing process goes, the second you get you get a blackjack, you, you win. win. Yeah, they yeah. even say it. They'll just go blackjack winner, and they're still yep. dealing other cards. Huh. You, you, you win automatically. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, but can you buy? Is at that point you buy insurance if you want to because you haven't seen the uh, the dealer's hand. Um, you can in London. No, no, here. No, no, States. no. You you get blackjack. You win no matter what, what. insurance. Did you get like fire and theft, or what do you get? <laughs> uh, no, you just pay half of whatever your bet is. Oh, okay. or I yeah. hated money. I forgot. I never did. I never did insurance. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's when they would show a face up if they'd want to buy insurance. That's what it was. Anyway, uh, Uno says you can't. You can't triple stamp a double stamp. Uh, yeah. No, you can't do the. Uh, you can't stack the the plus two. But listen, play however you want to play. Uh, this is really troubling for me for because it's a game that I never play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're never going to play again. Yeah. That's another topic. Triple stamp a double stamp. Uh, we just started watching that movie. Oh, uh, you did? Jay, yeah, Jace right. watched both of them. Don't get Casey started. Loves it. All yes, right. I love him. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Your smart speaker can settle arguments, tell you the weather, and even order stuff. But did you know it can also stream WMMR, ask it to open MMR, and it'll begrudgingly comply. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash or 2024 Eagles season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's stay with Casey for a moment. Okay. Uh, because he had a question or an observation of sorts. Okay. Oh, so is this yeah. about the, the, the purchase that I made? All right. So, um, well, it has to do with money. It, it does. It it does. It's, it's, I think it's a universal decision or a universal thing that people deal with. Right. So, um, I made a purchase last week. I'll just say, I bought a, 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 a 
uh, inflatable stand-up paddleboard. Here's the deal. Paddleboards are, are uh, expensive, and even the stand-up uh, inflatable ones. Inflatable? Yeah. I yeah. didn't know they made that. Okay. They're, they're, so they would the, seem kind of t- too spongy for... Yeah. No, believe it or not. So I bought this body glove one, and um, they're expensive. And by the way, just a side note, if you see a, a website where they're selling paddleboards for $75, it is a scam website. Do not purchase anything from that. You're not going to find a stand-up paddleboard, inflatable or plastic, for less than 200 maybe even $300. Well, it's oh, the same wow. thing we talked about with the pools and the hot yeah, tubs. They're right. the same you can't type get a hot website. tub for 75 bucks. No, but they, they rip you off. Yeah, no, yeah. My, my buddy yesterday was like, oh my God, look at this, and he sent it to me. I'm like, it's a scam. And then I took the, the uh, URL and I put it into the a, a, a scam website, basically Finder, and sure enough, it was a scam yeah. website. So that's not where we're going with this. Okay. Alright, so this really is just a matter of like, uh, how do you look at this? I look at this as basically a coupon. And what I'm talking about is I had a ch- uh, change jar, like a giant, uh, like one of those uh, water gallon jugs. It's, right. it's glass, and I had been chucking change in there for a couple of years You're now. You're a change chucker. I'm a change chucker. And I finally, I, I cashed it all in. By the way, Republic Bank is the only bank in the area that doesn't charge you to uh, cash your change in, even if you're you're uh, not a member there. Right. Uh, so, and I'm not a member. So you cashed it in and you had this money. I had $201 right. in change that I cashed in. I look at that $201 as basically a $200 coupon to the purchase that I had made. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not a jump. Well, yes, I'm... I'm a change chucker, but I also okay. am a change changer. And a wheel watcher. And a wheel watcher. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, so what do you think? I mean, do you, I mean, I know no, it's, it's not money. A coupon. Like, I would still, I would still have to find the best deal on the item I was getting, but it is, like, yes, it's kind of like, Given money, you didn't. It's just there. I think I would call it found money. I would. That's that's it. So in other words, it's out of the flow of your normal currency flow. Okay, and so and therefore it's. I think, for example, the uh, so I have my Amazon uh, account and my Amazon credit. I get points back when I make purchases, and I accrue points for purchasing other things. I I tend to get more frivolous with those point. That I oh, get. Oh, really? Because, yeah. like, yeah. you'll just buy anything because their points are there. Well, something if it's if it's a little self indulgent, I'll do that. You know. See, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if it's something that I've been like wanting or waiting for, but, some, so like when I went into the, I, um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, convince myself that it, I could do it. And then when I had that extra, I, I oh, okay. Too, when I went into the um, uh, the Hermes store, the Marron Glace, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that was that. I had had gift cards. People had given me gift cards. I had a bunch of them. And so I was going to splurge and, and, and buy myself something. Yeah, the woman look at these and go, these aren't even real. Yeah. <laughs> you're not paying with yeah. oh, You're not paying. You're using <laughs> wonderful little cards. <laughs> like one night you. fine in a rock trivia contest. Yeah. All right. So then let me ask you. If your spouse then asked you how much you spent on said thing. Uh-huh. Uh, like, for instance, Steve, I had $300 in Amazon gift cards and I ended up buying a uh, Segway scooter. Mm-hmm. When people ask me how much I spent, I go 100 bucks because 100 no. Hundred bucks out of pocket no. is what I spent. So, this uh, is what this is yeah, all yeah, about, yeah. Diane. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. I can oh, see man. that. I, <laughs> I will support you in that because you're saying. 
That's not how. No, you spent. You still you, spent three hundred. But still, it, you, it, because <laughs> just because you used it in a gift card doesn't mean you didn't spend it. If you use the yes, found it money, the if it's gift cards, first off, if it's gift cards, it was given to you. So you just spent. Um, you know that that was that's that's something that in and above you spent a hundred bucks of your own money. Right, but here's what I'd say: it cost three hundred dollars, but I had gift cards, so I only I was only able to, or I only had to spend a hundred bucks. Right, still cost three hundred. Are, are we subtly asking a bigger question here, or are we asking? The change question. What's the, what do you think is a bigger question? The spouse question. Oh, uh, I don't know. Okay. I don't no, want to get him in no, trouble. No, 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 no spouse question. Okay. It's just a simple. For instance, when I had gotten to the store, Who are you to, sleeping with? When I had gotten to the store, <laughs> my son lately he's like, hops in bed with me every single night. Uh, yeah, you talking? <laughs> the all right. So I was going to make said purchase as a surprise, and I was going to bring it to her and present it to her. But when I had gotten to the store, I. I knew I had gone there for an inflatable. When I got into the store, they had actually had the plastic ones, and the plastic ones were actually cheaper. Okay. But they're tougher to store yeah, and right. transport and all that sort of stuff. So I was like, ah, oh, man, now I have to call her and, and ruin yeah. the surprise and tell her that you know, I have two options, right? So when she was asking me how much the inflatable one cost, I gave her the price sans the 200 and, and you know. <laughs> but you oh, didn't. No, you can't do that. I think you can. You, the, the question is, you had no. you had you had two hundred dollars in gift cards. Yeah, that was not out of your pocket. Not gift cards. It was no it was the change. And change. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. I, so, you give the full price, then you say, but we had all that change. So really, I only spent. That's what I would have said, right? Yeah. As opposed to. Essentially, I lying. was being deceptive, guys. <laughs> I spent, yeah, you say yeah. I spent three hundred bucks, but it was two hundred bucks and change. Yeah, that's we right. we look at that because we have a giant jar. KCR's is is huge, and it takes about five years to fill it. And so by the time we're done with it, it's it's we it's just under two grand that right. we get out of this. And this is just pocket change, These are quarters and dimes and nickels and all this, stuff. and everyone's popping in. But we, yeah, it's mainly me. Okay, uh, but um, yeah, so I come in and lately. I haven't. I haven't been spending cash but since COVID hit. I've just been using cards. Uh, but it, but I we we never look at that as actual money. We yeah. look at that as just a, a coupon. Yeah, of sorts. <laughs> yes. A coupon. If you will. I remember. And it was funny though. But I think it's where you are. I remember when I was between jobs and I was doing auditions and all this stuff, and we got. We had a lot of bills come due, and I remember going to the Coin Star yeah. and saying, "We need we, and and paying bills with what we got." Now, fortunately, we had like you know six or seven hundred bucks yeah. in that thing, and but it, still, it, it yeah. helped. But I mean, yeah. So if if you if you if you go and buy an inflatable, <laughs> you know, something when that's the situation, that's frivolous. But when you're if you're okay, yeah, it is sort of found money, yeah. you know, yeah. Speaking of the uh, the credit card points, yeah. you had mentioned that <clears throat> it's nothing that we we so rarely use that accrued credit um, that we have. It's been so long since we used it. Um, hopefully, my kids aren't listening. But for Christmas this year, we're going to be able to get them three new iPhones. That's nice. how much we have, so, we have built up on it. I have had I so yeah. I have had uh, one. I won't say Very what card, one. but I've. 
there there's so many things and and um uh, not hoops but there's so many caveats to how you spend the points that it's I never bother to go through it Amazon is straight through you you may spend you get a percentage of you know that back and it's it's there in dollars yeah and then it'll ask you if you want to apply it to your next purchase is the way they do it is seamless we don't really have any hoops to jump through there's yeah the list so of stuff you can get and they they provide a list of stuff you can get depending on which card you use Yes, we have okay. one card that does uh, uh, um, credit for uh, Marriott Hotels. Okay. And then another one is for, yeah, a, a variety of different products. But it's pretty extensive. Yeah, when, I, when I've looked at the, <clears throat> the things uh, on this one card, it's like, I don't need any of this. Yeah. You know? I'll be interested to see um, when uh, people start flying normally again. You right. Know, and, because I'm not going to have to pay for a flight for a while. I have so many credit card points built up on my one credit card. Right. And then I had to cancel two two different sets of flights this Your year. Credit? I was gonna, yeah, I was going to go uh. to the Southwest. I was going to get a Death Valley and and uh, so, but that everything that I got back was all uh, that was on Southwest, and then I was going to go to Glacier National Park. That was all on United, and that was refunded as well. But it was refunded in airline credit, yeah, which is cool. I'll use it at some point, but like when is I guess the, what, the big question. What about this? If you buy something and you return it and you get a credit for it, do you consider that credit just sitting there? Like- yes. Like that's a, found money. That's like the change chart, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. Found money. Yeah. And so I was, I was actually going to pose that to you about the airline miles as well, because that was another uh, question that I had with my wife. Because next year I wanted to do something uh, out west. Uh, there's a whole bunch of there's a run of fish concerts that I would like to go to, and <laughs> so I was sitting there. I was like, all right. So and she goes, oh, here we go. I go, no, 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 no. I'm like, I can get there and back for free. I mean, essentially, all yeah. I had to do was spend thousands of dollars. On my credit card, <laughs> in order to get those free airline tickets, but, well, but you weren't doing it exclusively no. to get those. No, so, no, no, yeah, no, no. But airline miles have different rules. Yeah, they do. They're blackout dates and things. Of that no, nature. no, no. I mean, like in my mind, they have different oh. rules that uh, oh. I would not use airline miles to say fly somewhere, you know, quick and easy. Florida, you know, right. you're going to Nashville, oh, like something like that. You, it's yeah. got to be, it's yeah, like the, the price has to be over a certain amount. Don't waste your miles right. on a quick, easy, cheap. Well, well, to that point, there were a lot of people who, during the whole uh, uh, um, lockdown and everything, who had all these trips planned, and then they got all that money, that money, they couldn't use it, so now it's sitting there in these accounts, yeah. basically, or on their credit cards, or refunded back, uh, and I was, I've was i been talking to a few people, that, like, for example, like the the home improvement industry has skyrocketed, because people just said, okay, I'm, now I'm, I'm going to just, yeah. I'm going to put a deck on the house, or all that stuff, so it, it just got refunneled, mm-hmm. you know, to, to other things. And what so. about the travel industry is going to be like next year because there's all this pent up demand from, built up from 2020. You know, you, people are chomping at the bit. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. really, they're, they're, they've got to go someplace. Yeah, people road, aren't going to want it. Well, they originally you put got like to a, go. <laughs> but they originally put a, a deadline on when you could Travel, yeah. You know, like if there were different trips and stuff like that, I'm guessing that that's not, that can't all be of mine got now. E- all of mine got extended. All my travel uh, airline vouchers got extended through all of 2021 and maybe even in 2022. Okay. Yeah. Haven't they been much easier to, uh, my wife uh, yeah. is traveling right now, uh, and, and uh she said that that switching, switching dates and all that stuff they made it in much much I, easier. I, if, I'm just from personal experience, customer service has gone through the roof in, yeah. in a positive direction. And the handies and everything. Yeah, a yeah. lot of the airlines have uh, with a hot done away with their fees uh, <laughs> yeah. for for changing flights. Yeah, By the yeah. way, let me test my. Preston and Steve show uh, uh, trivia knowledge right. when you said you gots to go. 
Yeah. Is that when, when Casey was stuck on the school pole? <laughs> yes. And a guy got out and started, was running down the street screaming, you got to get, get out of here. here. Yeah, we were stuck in between two giant car fires. Okay. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yes, you win. Got that one. Yeah. yeah. Prestige! Uh, wait, so is that jar? <laughs> is your jar empty now, Case? It's empty. Okay. By the way, <laughs> I dun dun dun. <laughs> uh, I guessed <laughs> because you can guess how it much was the library. <laughs> I guessed two hundred dollars. Even it was two hundred and one dollars and seven cents. Oh, you oh. win, I dude. And like you win a paddleboard. You win a paddleboard. <laughs> no. no. She didn't even offer me the prize, which I was like, come on, man. And she's like, and then when I asked her about it, she goes, Wait, well, it's usually prize? just who? The lady at the at the bank. What's what are you prize? talking about? You get the guess. I told you you were talking oh, about your it? own jar. Yeah, yeah me my too. Own jar. So, yeah. Why yeah, would you give yourself a prize? Yeah, I, I didn't think, okay. When, so. I, when, I, when I had uh, put all the money in the little money counting machine, before you do that, you can guess to see how much is in your change and jar. And what's your bank that and you uh, do? It was, it, it's not my bank, but it was Republic Bank. I was in within $1.07, which I get a prize for that. What'd you get? Okay. Well, she up. didn't even offer me a prize. And then when I asked her about it, she goes, well, it's usually just for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I go, ma'am, I know. Excuse me, ma'am. I am a child. <laughs> I am a giant child. I go, well, just tell me what the prizes would be, you oh, know? So so hang on a second. It's a balloon. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Do you want your balloon? <laughs> would you like your balloon? Sir, it was like pens, and then like, do you want a unicorn or a monkey? <laughs> so, so before it, yeah. before before you get the total, yeah. or before you put your money in, or however it it says yeah. on it's the like, screen, hey buddy, and it's like a kid and a dog. Do you want to guess to see how much? They do, all of them are yeah. actually like, like yeah. the one that, that used to be at uh, my my bank had it was it was designed more for kids. Hey, look, and this, the same sort of animation and the whole deal. <laughs> okay, and or so, if you're just a slow adult, and it we'll says. You could win a prize. Yeah, it doesn't say what the prize is, uh, but like, man, I was, uh, I was all for it. And Remember, then, this is for kids only. And then at the, uh, it didn't say that though. <laughs> Unless you're a stupid adult. And then at the end of it, when you realize it, now how close did you have to come to win? Uh, um, I mean, I, I was super duper close. I, I guess it was within, you know, a couple of bucks or whatever. Two bucks or yeah. whatever. Okay. And I was a dollar seven off. And, and at the end, it'd say congratulations. Or you anything won. Like that. Yeah. Really? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Unless you're an adult man with kids and a wife, then it'd be ludicrous to give you a prize. <laughs> I mean, how I mean, she... it'd just be pathetic. No. <laughs> how does she not know that I'm like my kids aren't in the car waiting I'm for with me you. with my wife? I'm with you, kids. I don't see yeah. any kids. You seem to be here by yourself. So a couple of months ago, I was at my bank, and there was an old lady who I held the door for, and she went in because she had heard about the change shortage, and she had a bag of change, and the bank didn't accept loose change. You're very right? sweet, but you, I don't put out. You, <laughs> oh she God. was a nun. Oh. She was a nun. She was like a 90-year-old nun. I didn't know You this. should have known she didn't put out. I know. Okay. Uh, you but, perv. <laughs> so I, I felt terrible for her because she was on a walker, and uh-huh. she was having a hard time, and then so they were like, you know, you can go to the Acme right there, and so so I ended up helping her out, and I, like, walked her all the way down to the Acme. I ran up. I got her a cart, and then I brought the cart to her, and then I took her to the change machine, counted all the change. Why did we go for drinks? <laughs> Dude. Wait, did you say Republic Bank? Uh, yeah. 
Where, I can't find any locations. Uh, there's one in Wynwood. I went to the one in Media. So anyway. You have, uh, the, you have this nun who's having a tough time. She had a tough time. And so we, we I get her her change. She's trying to give me money. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not doing this for money. Yeah. So what I thought was going to be like five, ten minutes ended up being like a half hour because we're standing in line you now. You remind me of my husband. <laughs> I thought you were a nun. I just put this on to get the freebies. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> so we the same sort bad, of boys charm. That's a bad habit, man. <laughs> but, bad, yeah. Why did it take you thirty minutes? Because as we're standing in line to get the money back for the change that we had, uh, um, take your shirt off and do push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is a nun. <laughs> she has. Listen, me. she's older. <laughs> yeah, she's older. So we're standing in line, and she goes, oh, oh dear, I forgot I needed to do something at the bank, you know? So she was at the bank for a couple of different reasons. So I'm like, all right, well, we'll, we'll go back to the bank, and we'll make sure you're taking care of her. I'm waiting for you to leave. And then, no, no, I really helped her out, Kath. She walks uh, out she, the door, and then she turns around and says, shake it off! She had, like, a club foot, and so she couldn't really walk at all. So um, she, uh, and then she was like, oh, and then I forgot I had to mail these things. I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll take you to mail your things. And then so we... The mail, and then we went back to the bank, and then I brought it to her car, and I basically lifted her and put her in her car. Yeah, and wow. then, and then, Ooh, I, and I have to hand wash my panties. <laughs> oh my god! Did you help me? Uh, anything for you, sister? Sister, uh, the washing okay. machine destroys them. Wash them with your hands with your shirt off. Oh my god! But do push-ups. <laughs> Stand on the other side of this screen and get yourself aroused. Oh, my God. Anything for you. All right. You've lived a hard life. What happened? You deserve this. Uh, and so the worst part, I think, was uh, after I had um, put her in her car and she started to drive off, as I had to now take this cart back to the supermarket. So now I look like this guy. You know, and then I saw people that I yeah. knew that I'm riding this cart in the parking lot of the Acme. And they're like, oh, it's a motorized, yeah, it's a motorized, motorized car. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes that. that makes it a different thing, yeah. And it almost went like negative miles per hour. This yeah, thing was yeah, so yeah, damn slow. slow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you saw people you knew as your yeah. scooter. I was like, hey guys, and and then I was just hanging out with a nun with a club foot. And then it looked like I was stalking her because I went to the gas station and she was at the gas station as well. I was like, I am. She oh, was dear. waiting for this you to leave. This me. Yep. <laughs> oh dear, he's turned on. We need to have a whole Casey segment called "And Then." Uh, uh-huh. She's one of these club foot freaks. <laughs> He's got a fetish club feet. Uh, I let him sniff it and then he can go. Oh, my God. Smells like cheese, doesn't it? You like that, don't you? <laughs> you're a bad boy. While you're down there. Sniff that foot. Could have sworn God was going to... He was going to give you bonus points. Reward yeah, you for that. He did. He gave you a, a paddle let me, board. Let me ask you a question. I know we're yeah. running out of time here, yeah. but... Um, when when you commit to doing something like that, when you go to help someone, a like good that, deed, yeah. Let's say you you don't have a half hour. You have got five minutes. Hey, I figured that's what this will take, and I'll help this out person, this person out. And then it starts to drag on and on. Is there a time when you can say, "I'm yeah. sorry, I have to go"? You push them down. Uh, you just push them <laughs> no, down. No, I would just run. say, "Okay, I'm I'm glad yes, we I, got you here to the bank. Good luck, and yeah. uh, you know, have a nice day." And you walk away. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I mean, because I did, I had a half hour. You uh, did, okay. But I didn't. I'm a ghost. But I didn't have 45 minutes. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. a ghost? (laughs) No, you're a ghost. ghost. I've helped you. Yes. (laughs) I must go now. Ooh. (laughs) 
You you didn't smell my foot. And I know you're horny for that stuff. Freak. This is terrible. You freak. I need to pay you. You want to smell my club foot, you freak? (laughs) (laughs) How did this start? We just change. You freak. You freak. Hey, you may you may smell the fun yet, you freak. <laughs> Come on back. <laughs> now I'm actually imagining what a club foot would smell like. <laughs> butterscotch. <laughs> Smells like butterscotch. <laughs> I only say butterscotch because there was a whole bunch of change in there that had been like stuck together by what seemed like I hate that. melted butterscotch. That's the bane of. In fact, that's that's why a lot of the coin machines yeah. uh, were issues because you would you would get these. They, they would jam up the coins. machine, and then they almost had like an employee whose entire job was to de jam those machines. My, mine's filled with coins and matchbox cars. <laughs> of course. Is there another and then, or uh, are we done? And then a meteor hit. No, I would love another and then. Trust me. I would love it. I've loved every minute of this conversation, to be honest. No, that was it. I saw her at the gas station, and then she flew to Aspen and out of my life forever. Somebody yeah. texted in this. Caring Casey and the Clubfoot clergy. I'd watch that. <laughs> it's the foot, right? <laughs> Dude, take the foot. It's gnarly, but it smells like butterscotch. Oh, God. Okay. All right, we got to move along. All right. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Now, the President's Eve Camp Out for Hunger this year brought in 1.7 million pounds of food, which will go to fill abundance. That's over 878 tons. We also collected money so far because we will have more totals coming. $948,732. And we want to thank everybody who was a part of this. In a year like this, with everything the way it is, that's pretty freaking amazing. Amazing. Camp Out for Hunger would not be possible without the generosity of you and our partners. Event Quip, United Rentals Power and HVAC, Keys Towing, Seabox Custom Shipping Containers, Yelbane Building Company, and Thackeray Crane. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Powered in part by Beanbow Bakeries USA, Duncan, Planet Fitness, Stoffer Glove and Safety, the General Building Contractors Association, Association and NRG. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Our guest is on the line. I wasn't even... I look over, I see the phone line, and there is her name. Punctuality. We love it. I love it. And we love the Goldbergs. Yes, Uh, we do. Obviously being friends with Adam Goldberg, taking place right here in the uh, greater Philadelphia area. It's wonderful. And there have been so many great guest stars uh, throughout the years on that show. We just talked to Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, I love it. Uh, And she is no stranger to, uh, well, to... Us thinking she's awesome. <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, so it's tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, the episode that she's directing and starring in. Please welcome Leah Thompson yeah. to the show. Yeah. Good morning, Leah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. Somebody happy in this day and age where we're having a very strange oh. existence, you know? I know, but I get to talk to human beings. Yes. Like, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love that. I, I, I'm a fan of both uh, the Goldbergs and Schooled, and I've always loved seeing your name uh, pop up because you've directed a number of episodes. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you did. You direct the what, what was it? The hundredth? There was a landmark episode you directed, whatever the count was. And um, you, yeah, the hundredth episode. Yeah, yeah, I did. yeah. And there was at, at 
and I also also directed Schooled, which is the the school that's on tomorrow. I directed both the Goldbergs and Schooled. So yeah. that's kind of fun. Oh, it's great. And 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 the uh, there was a little bit of footage of you with the crew and everything after that 100th episode. And Schooled is a great show. We've had cast members in because they all eventually come, and I guess it's like you know visiting the uh, the area where the show was uh, where the show takes place. And um, it, so it's it's really cool. We definitely feel a kinship to it. But the show is is just consistently great. You transitioned uh, from uh, from acting and, and started to. What was your? Uh, did you start with it with a short film? What what got you interested in directing? And it seems like this has been this has been just a, a, a gold for you. I started directing so long ago, like fifteen years ago. I was doing movies for the Hallmark Channel called the Jane Doe Mysteries. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah, I did like ten of them as an actress, but I did two. I directed two of them, and that was hard because they were like, you know, movies. So there, it's more. You have to make a lot more decisions with a movie. You get to cast it. You get to pick the locations and stuff like that. Plus, I was starring in it, so that was a really great way to start directing. And so I did a couple of those, and then I did switched at birth, and then but the goal. Um, Adam really gave me my break as a director because he gave me the first job that I wasn't in. And so I've done like 10 Goldbergs and now I'm finally in one, which is exciting. Um, I, I had a lot of fun acting with my friends, you know, <laughs> because I've known them now for four or five years. Well, the episode is called The Return of the Formica King. And, uh, and I'm the Formica Queen. Okay? <laughs> You're the Formica Queen, of course. Uh, That's right. Is it hard to direct? Obviously, and I, I would assume it would be when you're directing something you're in. You're wearing two hats, and uh, I assume that has to make it exponentially more difficult. The two hats isn't a problem, but the long nails and the shoulder pads. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. It's it's a time that we love. I, I love the, so the eighties with the Goldbergs. Now moving into the nineties, which is schooled. You've also done Young Sheldon. You've done Mom. You've done The Kids Are All Right. Uh, a, a whole bunch of uh, of, uh, of of these things. Um, and uh, so so when you're when you're with an ensemble, you come into an already established ensemble. Were they very welcoming? I have to imagine with that crew they would be. I think so, and I think it helps to be an actress because they know I'm, I've got their back, and I, you know, I get it. I understand what's going on, and I also did a sitcom as an actress. I did Caroline in the City for four years, so I really understand the, you know, I understand the jokes and how to work them and all of that. So right. I, I feel like it's always a, a, a general, you know. Um, a welcoming feeling when right. I'm, I'm directing actors and, and especially actresses because they know I understand and I know how to make sure they look good and, or whatever, you know, just protect them. And I was so happy to get to act with Wendy McLean Covey. She's just like a, a national treasure. Like she's the funniest, kindest, best person ever. And and I also lived in Philadelphia for many years. Really? I was in the Pennsylvania Ballet and, uh, and I love Philadelphia. Where did you live? Do you, do you live in the city? Yeah, I lived uh, right by the Rodin Museum. Sure. Oh, really? I, yeah, yeah. I, I was so hot and so poor <laughs> that in the summer I would I would swim. Uh, this I don't know how I lived through it. <laughs> I would dip my feet in the fountains by the the art museum. You know those big fountains. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Aiken's Oval. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I spent, I waitressed, uh, there and I danced there and I, um, really, I lived in a row house and I slept the, on the roof sometimes. You had the full Philly experience right <laughs> yeah. there then, definitely. I sure did. I, I sure did. That, that's the first place I lived after I lived in Minnesota. So wow. I have really great feelings for Philadelphia. Leah, I wanted to ask with the, you know, the Goldbergs being a, a retro show and, uh, a lot of guest stars have been on there and and they they allude to you know former characters that those those people played is there going to be a little wink and nod to any uh characters that you've played throughout the years that will be uh mentioned or hinted towards in the episode tomorrow night i can't remember i feel like there was something the one the, the episode right before is called pretty in pink yeah and uh i think that's on in a week uh and that my husband directed Pretty in Pink. I can't remember if there's anything in there. Um, there usually is. I mean, I yeah. you know they put in uh, Howard the Duck and Space Camp and some kind of wonderful. I think they've done a lot of different episodes and ba- of course Back to the Future. Uh, so I'm not sure. I can't remember if there was. But there's great footage from uh, Adam's past. He wrote a play, and um, we kind of recreate the play and. It's completely insane. Uh, so. the, the fact that they're able to include footage to validate what takes place in those yes, episodes yeah. just is, is such an amazing aspect of it. Uh, you you'd mentioned you'd done ballet uh, dancing, and, and I don't know if this is an apocryphal story, if it's true, but did Barishnikov tell you you were not meant for ballet? He did. He did. Thank God. I mean, look at the course <laughs> of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I guess when Barishnikov tells you, you would listen, right? I know. I exactly. <laughs> you know, you got to take you got to take the advice of experts, and yeah. you know, I yeah. Uh I um I wasn't a great actor. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, you know, obviously the you know one of one of the crown jewels of your your achievements as an actress and always will be is is uh, the Back to the Future series. But you mentioned one that I think is a wonderful gem, which is some kind of wonderful. It's one of my favorite movies. Please tell me you had a great time while you were making that. I did. When, you know, I fell in love with the director, so I married him. We've been together for 33 years. That helps. Yeah. And and we're we're stuck in quarantine with his mother. <laughs> and we still love him. Hey, that's, a, that's, that's a testament to love right there. I want to congratulate you. Okay. Your daughter Zoe is is kind of tearing it up with uh, her movie career. She was in uh, Zombieland Double Tap, amongst other films, but got great reviews of that. And then she has this movie that I want to see, uh, Buffaloed. Um, and, yeah. and she's getting rave reviews on that. So she's got, she, she's not afraid to, 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 to goofy it up and, and cause she's a beautiful, uh, woman, but obviously she, you know, she, she wants to stretch her, her, her acting chops. So that's got to make you feel really good. Both your daughters are correct. Yes, uh, my daughters are so talented. We did a movie you can see on Hulu all together called uh, The Year of Spectacular Men. So I directed that, and my other daughter, she wrote it, she starred in it, and she did the score and sang wow. the songs. Wow. 
and it has Nicholas Braun, and it's got, you know, uh, Cameron Monaghan, great actors in it, and Zoe's in it as well. She produced it. So that movie's really great. It's uh, And, yeah, so Madeline's writing and acting, and Zoe's producing. She produced Buffaloed as well, which is out on whatever platform you can find. It. <laughs> it's one of, one of those platforms. That's crazy world. Uh, so, so, Leah, my mother lives with us, and uh, so, and it's, and it's uh, it, uh, it's a quite a delight. And last night we were at dinner when I got the email saying, confirming that you were going to be on the show today. And I go, oh, this is great. Leah Thompson is going to be on on uh, with us tomorrow. And my mom goes, oh, my God, I loved her in Dennis the Menace. And I'm sure you, um, when people don't, you know, people reference your work in the past, Dennis Menace is probably not one of the first ones that uh, I personally love the movie. I think it's a great movie, but uh, I'm sure you don't get that all that often. That I don't get it more, but uh, it's 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 always interesting the different things that people remember, and they usually forget, and then they kind of remember something else that I did and something else that I did. So it's a kind of a like a weird little Easter egg hunt with my career. I personally, I, I listen. I think it's a cute movie, and uh, the young kid who plays Dennis and Menace, name's Mason Gamble, turned out to be a handsome young man. And you also work with Doc Brown in that movie as well. I know. I did many, many movies, many years of work with him, and um, and and now I get to spend a lot of time with him and Michael Fox, and uh, when we go to Comic Cons. Oh, so that's, that's cool. That is very cool. Well, let, let me. We'd be remiss yeah. if, we, if we didn't before you you uh, leave us. Ask your advice. You were in Red Dawn. You knew how to survive. <laughs> During uh, during tough situations, uh, what's your best quarantine advice that you gleaned from Red Dawn? Glean from Red Dawn? Yes. Um, you didn't see. You didn't seem to have a toilet paper problem in that movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. That was very extreme circumstances. I sure hope we don't get to that. <laughs> that would be a downer. That'd be. Go buy gun. That's for sure. All right. But I. I um, I I love making that movie. That was so much fun, and it was really it was fun to go kind of camping, and I enjoyed that very much. And it's a crazy movie because there's no special effects. Like yeah. all that stuff really happened. It's all practical stuff. Wow. All right. Well, listen. Yeah. We we appreciate you uh, checking in, and uh, we love the fact that you're this involved with the Goldbergs because we love that show. And uh, we'll be watching tomorrow night at eight o'clock on ABC. Leah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Go Philadelphia. Stay at home. Yeah. All right, Leah Thompson, guys. That's awesome. I love her. I used to love that show, Carolina in the City. Uh, Steve, you had mentioned Red Dawn, and and that movie had a uh, a major effect on me as a child growing up because it made me, I was, like, terrified that we were going to get invaded or I was going to be somewhere that... uh, And now the fear is being sneezed on. uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, but, I mean, I I honestly, like, everywhere I went, like, I, I had an exit strategy. If I was in church, I'm like, okay, if people... I'm going to leave through the doors. If you, well, if people come in through these doors, I'm going to go, and I'm going to climb under the pews and go to that door. Really? Yeah. For, for a while after? That was that, mm-hmm. it, it blew you away that much, huh? Yep. Yeah. Did, did it teach you about hidden fists? Okay, it's funny you should mention that. <laughs> I was going to mention hidden fists. Casey had this theory that if he was wearing a coat, he, uh-huh. and he was walking to his car in, in you know, in the city or somewhere dangerous, yeah. uh, he would uh, 
hide his hands up his sleeve and ball them into fists, and he'd be ready to go if somebody. Well, the attacker would be lulled into the misconception that he had no hands. No hands. Yeah. Not only hidden fist pressing, but oftentimes when I'd be walking home drunk from my friend's house, uh, I wouldn't. I would walk in the middle of the street. That way, I had more like peripheral vision. So people do that. People couldn't come and grab me from the bushes or whatever. Sure. And then I had the hidden fist as well. Mm. I loved Red Dawn. I never saw the remake. I didn't, I didn't it even, was okay. No, I didn't give it time, but I, I, there's something about the original Red Dawn that I that I loved. And I look back and, and watch it now, and some of it's kind of, you know, sketchy, but... <laughs> Who would you be? Which character would you be in Red Dawn? I think I would be Aaron Gray. I gotta go with, I mean, dude, Patrick Swayze was a badass bad yeah, in that yeah. movie. Wait, which one, um, was it Aaron Gray who ended up uh, going, uh, taking all the, the grenades? She had a grenade, yeah. She, she, she was, was going to die shot. anyway? Yeah, so he left her with a grenade and the Russians come over and she had the grenade under her body and yeah. blew him up, but... Uh, Let's not forget Charlie Sheen was in that movie. Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. And he played kind of a badass. Wolverine! That was C. Thomas Howell who yelled that. Yeah, and he, he went... He went a little crazy. Uh, Powers Booth was in it. There was a lot of there's a good you know, there's decent names. Yeah, there's uh, the John Millies was the director. He's one of my favorite directors, and uh, the action sequences are great. Yeah, yeah. Powers, I, Powers Booth was really good too. I mm-hmm. wonder if it holds up. I wonder if I watched it today if I would enjoy it. As or would much. it be would it be booty? It, it, it would be totally, dude. It would be. By the way, I'm looking at it. We have our IMDb here. Uh, yeah. Leah Thompson. I forgot about all the right moves. That was her third movie. All she the had right done, moves, which was with Tom Cruise. Uh, you remember? Uh, some, some. You yeah. mentioned some kind of wonderful. That is. Oh, a, that is. That so that that's the case where uh, you have characters that are. Um, you know, the, that's what the, that sort of John Hughes style was. You, yeah. you you didn't know what to make of people. They were they were they had multi um, dimensions to their to their character. It wasn't like oh this guy's the the prick or this guy's that. And, and yeah. you you realize that uh, everybody has the capacity to both be bastards and and good people at the same time. Wait, yep. Steve, you said uh, Aaron Gray. Did you mean Jennifer Gray? No. Oh, yes, Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer Gray. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, you're right. yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Aaron, thinking of Buck Rogers and Silver Spoons. I'm right, like, right. Yeah, in? Yeah. I just I completely got thrown off for a minute. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Jennifer Gray. Yeah, the funny right. thing about that is Jennifer Gray and Patrick Swayze hated each other on that. That's movie. That's right. They did. And then they went on, and they had to get past that when they did Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. They ended up de- pretty much defining, or at least her career, and, and a big part of his. Dirty Dancing was originally supposed to involve the, you know, this this uh, this uh, Jewish, um, you know. Uh, Resort in the Catskills, that's attacked right? by the Russians. <laughs> oh. And uh, and uh, yeah, um, and so they're doing the bossa nova, bomb the and, and the parachutes are coming down. <laughs> Not again. No. Um. So there was another actress who reminds me a lot of Jennifer Grey and Leah Thompson. Who Jennifer I, Thompson? I can't remember. <laughs> um. I can't remember her name, but Preston. She played Andy in the Goonies. Mm. She was also in Lucas. Right? Mm-hmm. What yep. was that girl's name? Oh, she was she was a a, a go to at that time. She was a the very girl next door. Yeah, yeah, and then never really did anything after. She Kelly Green had a bit of a drug problem. I oh, remember no. following up on her, or she or she started getting in trouble with the law, if I remember correctly. Um, what was her name, Casey? Uh, it's Kerry Green. Green. Yeah, I had a little crush on her for sure. Uh, she was also in a movie with uh, with Charlie Sheen, who comes up again. Charlie Sheen, where she played. <laughs> 
played a uh, troubled uh, daughter of a politician. It wasn't a very good movie, but they uh, addicted to drugs. They, they this cross country uh, trip. Yeah, he and she and Charlie Sheen. Yeah, Charlie Sheen. Uh, but Freaking yeah, I, I thought that, I thought I had read Casey. She she had some run in with the law, or she had a drug problem. Uh, it, that sucks for these. Is she still alive? Can you check? Yeah, yeah. scroll over. She is okay. okay. Is she yeah, still look, alive, Nick? When's yeah, the last was, time she worked? She's still working. She's in. Oh. She was in a movie in uh, 2012 called Complacent. She's done Law and Order, ER, a few things here and there. Well, see, um, here's the deal. I want to talk to people like that. I I want to I want to talk to some of these people like that. Let's so let's honestly. And they what what the hell are they doing now? They're in quarantine. I started to make a list. We of, can offer them drugs. I started to make a list of people like that that I think we should talk to and almost kind of a you don't want to do a where are they now because anybody that's still working like her doesn't want to hear where are they now. Hey, it's we're like, calling this the uh, <laughs> long forgotten uh, losers. Draw. Yeah, loser, yeah. <laughs> loser um, roundup. Would you be on with us? But since we. Ever since we talked to the guy who played the gimp in Pulp Fiction, I'm like, we need Dude. to talk to more people who are just the characters like that. Let's start with Carrie Green. All right. Let's All right. do it. I'd like to. Make it happen. We haven't talked to Billy Zapka in a while. I think I have his email address. Contact Billy yeah. Zapka. Yeah. Uh, you who know, else? You know who is, I think, a hot mature these days, and she pops up from time to time, is Sherilyn Finn. Sherilyn Finn is awesome from mm-hmm. Twin Peaks. and, mm-hmm. and uh, Just one of the just guys. Just one of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like a cross between the, uh, the Karate Kid and Elvis Costello. Yeah. All right. Um, so, anyhow, we are going to take another break. We'll come back in a second. Lesson question, trash, music news. That stuff is up next. It's a scientific fact. People like free shit. And at WMMR.com, you can find out how to score yourself some of that, like concert tickets, autographed gear, and even cash. Become an MMR VIP to get extra chances to enter online at WMMR.com. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash for 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I hate Steven Singer guy. Why do other jewelers hate me? I'm a nice guy. Because other jewelers just want to throw up when you ask, can I trade in my old diamond studs? Why? I guess it's because they're in the business of selling. I'm in the love business. I love to see my friends come back and trade in their old diamond studs. It's true. You can start with any size and upgrade them for a bigger pair anytime you want. Get exactly what you paid. Not only do other jewelers not want you to trade in your diamond studs, but even if they do, they don't give you back what you paid. Why are their diamonds worth less? Oops. Come see me, the real Steven Singer, a real jeweler, whose diamonds are always worth what you pay. Visit me at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. By phone, 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. Oh, by the way, these stunning Anita diamond stud earrings are always 100% eye-flawless, near-colorless, brilliant-cut diamonds, magnificent and bright white, topped off with my 14-carat safety silicone backs. IHateStevenSinger.com. One place, one price. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. 
I saw a very interesting article this morning from Mental Floss. Um, and at first I was like, eh, whatever, it's just kind of throwaway. But then I started reading some of the stories, and I thought this was very, very interesting. Is this about the sitcom it's themes? surprising stories behind TV show theme songs. Right. Oh. And some of them have, you know, the origins and and uh, the ideas. And I thought it would be kind of interesting to peruse these a little bit because these are these are classics. These are ones that everybody knows. I read one recently, Preston. So uh, stop me if uh, this is on the list. But uh, is the office discussed at all? No. All right. So um, <clears throat> there was a Family Guy episode last year where uh, they played this song and had fun with a, a song called Thunder Island. It's Yacht Rock. <laughs> Jay Ferguson wrote it. And it's it's silly yeah. and fun. They're and, and on Thunder Island. It's great, right? It's it's. Yeah. it's, it's it's, it's just an uplifting, happy song. That guy wrote the theme to The Office with huh. the, just the piano intro and the the, the music that goes along so, with it. It's sort of Zydeco sounding a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. you'd recognize right, it instantly yeah, yeah. when you hear it. And it's just one of those things where you're like, wait, the guy that did Thunder Island also did the theme to The Office? But it's a weird confluence. Of, and we've talked many times about Alan Thicke and the stuff that he's written over the years. Yeah, this music is Jay Ferguson. Okay. The, yeah. Do you remember Thunder Island? I do. Do, 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 do. Yep. Do, 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 yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. I know that, and it, I don't know if it's on your list, but the theme to Growing Pains comes from an early Nazi song. An no, early, it does not. That it was, I think it was pre no. Nuremberg Rally. And then they. Oh, God damn it. That's, uh, that's, that's not, not Growing Pains. That's not, not Growing Pains. pains. What are we no. looking for? Oh, no, this I is. Put growing Pains in there. This is Growing Pains. Here we go. Show me that smile. Okay. So replace smile with Aryan Nation. Okay. And then you got it. Show me that Aryan Nation right, again. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Now it's all now it's coming back. together. Yeah, I got you. And that's yeah. All right. So I don't know if that's true. It might be in the article. It might be. No, it's not in the article. But uh, the Sopranos is uh, the song. Woke up this morning. That became a, a bit of a hit. It did. So in uh, here's the story behind that. In 1990, a British woman named Sarah Thornton was sentenced to life in prison for murdering her abusive husband. The case caught the attention of Bob Sprague, also known as Larry Love, who penned a song about that ordeal for his band. The name of the band was Alabama 3. The song was Woke Up This Morning, which is the theme to The Sopranos, uh, which eventually fell upon the ears of the creator, David Chase. So the song already existed. I didn't know that. Uh, it wasn't written for this the show. This is a hell of a list now. Uh, with bluesy overtones and lyrics like, you woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. Yeah. The track was the ideal theme for Tony Soprano and his gun-toting goons, and HBO reportedly offered the band $40,000 to use it for the series. <laughs> Alabama 3 agreed, but the irony of the song's origin wasn't lost on its members. Uh, Sprague had told The Guardian it was meant to be about female empowerment, and it ends up becoming a gangster anthem. So, uh... They sold it flat out because if they sold all the rights, they lost a ton of cash. Mm. I, I don't know if they they lost the rights, but they probably got forty grand for them to get the permission to use it for the show. I think this and is they one probably of the, got royalties off the plays. The great use then it was not written for the show, but one of the great uh, the opening sequence, the whole thing. I just it's it, it yeah. burned into yeah. my mind. I, I loved the series when it was on. So I, it's about a woman actually who murdered oh, her abusive okay. husband. That's what the song is about. What other what um shows have as their theme song like an, it's just another song well, bosom buddies uh yes, and yeah. so the golden girls also yes. um, a friend party of five had that i think it was the bodines had that song uh yes is that right and uh, uh yes. creek was another one right Paul Cole. yeah yep 
Yeah, yeah that was just a, a. I don't think she wrote that. It was just somebody going for the show. Why do you watch that horrible show, Marissa? It took me years to realize the Entourage theme was a real song. Oh yeah, it's Perry Farrell. Yeah, I had no idea. Okay, what song is it? I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh no, Oh no, it's from that stop from Jane's Addiction. There it is. Yeah. Is this it? Yeah. Is this stop? No. Is this change addiction or porno for pyros? I don't know. I, I I didn't watch Entourage. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. But no, this isn't stop. I thought it was stop. Uh, see if it's got the information. Jane's <laughs> okay. addiction. Uh, it is Jane's uh, addiction. Yeah. Does it say what the name of the song? Superhero. Is? Superhero. Yeah. Superhero. It existed before. Well, let me get to this. Uh, let me get to the rest Please. of this, uh, yeah. this list. So here's one of the all-time greats. Friends, I'll be there for you. Right. You a hit from the Rembrandts. Yep, and um, I remember the Rembrandts before that. They had a song called uh, "That's Just the Way It Is, Baby." I used their CD case to clean my windshield with them. <laughs> um, which, by the way, it's just the way it is, baby, is a great song. It was a hit for them. That, but that's just the way it is, baby. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good song. <laughs> so when uh, Friends producer Kevin S. Bright sent the pilot episode to the Rembrandts, Danny Wilde and Phil Solomon, uh, it's placeholder. Older theme song, one that they had before this, but just for the time being, before mm-hmm. it went on air, was It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M., huh. uh, which he was hoping that they could emulate if they took the gig, that, they, that the Rembrandts could do something similar to that. Uh, they did take the gig, but the band itself didn't actually come up with the sitcom's still ubiquitous theme song. Friends co-creator Marta Kaufman's husband, Michael Scloff, had composed it with lyrical help from Alien Wills, who actually co-wrote the Earth, Wind & Fire hit September. Great song. Love that song. So the Rembrandts, uh, apparently they said, uh, according to Solemn, he said they Rembrandtified it. So you're (laughs) saying that the theme... For Friends is addressing Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's it. Exactly. No, but the Rembrandts didn't write it. They performed it. And the show's producers surprised them. So, so they they they, uh, they recorded the song, but the producers surprised them by adding their the, own finishing touch. Oh, the, the clap. No way. The producers did that. It was not the band. So the Rembrandts were just almost spectators to this whole thing. <laughs> and they didn't write it. They didn't come up with the claps. Apparently, it took them uh, more than a few week uh, takes to get the... The, uh, the claps just right. Friends premiered about a week after they wrapped. Well, we, we can do it. Can, can we do it? Can play the theme. Okay. I think we can all sync up. I don't know why it took them so long to do it. Just wait a minute and a half. You did an extra. You did five. God damn it, Cass. Uh, Can you get that? Mm -hmm. Wait, is it four or five? It's four. Yeah. I thought it was five as well. We're really doing this. Yes. No one told you that was going to be this way. That's it. What took Somebody us? went early, it but... It was Nick. Sorry. Uh, can we do that again, guys? <laughs> I thought I was going to do five again. The, the woman is slowing you down. No, I wasn't. No, no I got it that time. No one told me it was time. five. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you what. I didn't know that it was written for the show. Yeah. But it did become a hit. Here we go. Easy. 
You're a dick. What? Oh, was that me this time? Damn it. You son of a bitch. You threw me off so much, I didn't clap at all. Wait, play it back. You can hear something. Uh, Who did that? When when, before Kathy was on board, we had a a cast member, Gina Crash, and she could not do that to save her life. She broke her wrist. She she, she couldn't get the timing right on it. Oh, man. Anyhow, so the um, uh, Friends premiered about a week after they wrapped, and the Rembrandts returned their focus to their forthcoming uh, album uh, called LP, but after a national radio program director named Charlie Quinn played a looped version of the 45-second theme song, it became clear that the public wanted more. I uh, said it got crazy requests, the phone lines started blowing up, and all the sister stations started playing it, and it went national. Um, it was uh, LP, the album was completely done, but their label insisted they record a longer edition of the Friends theme and add it to the end of the album. So at first it was just that tiny little I remember that intro. Yeah. yeah. But they expanded it and made it a full length song. It was so huge at the time. I mean yeah. everything like, the friends were on the cover of every entertainment weekly and people and whatever and you remember it took a while to build into that though. So it was on right. for a little bit and when then, it, and hit, then it became yeah. the focal point for that nineties generation. So the band wasn't really thrilled that they were asked to do that, you know, because it seemed kind of cheap. Right. Uh, but they eventually came to appreciate the song's success. He said it didn't really fit, but it helped sell that record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they uh, they had a tremendous amount of success. And they from kept it from eating government cheese for a decade. Mm-hmm. All right. Gilligan's Island. Yes. The Ballad of Gilligan's Isles. So the interesting story behind this, I had no idea that John Williams was involved in this. So years before John Williams came to claim for composing Star Wars yeah. and everything else that he did. Legendary composer. He came up with a Calypso intro for Gilligan's Island, written and performed by the show's producer, Sherwood Schwartz. Not only did the song sound completely different from the one we're familiar with today, but the lyrics tell a slightly different story as well. The professor is just a high school teacher. Ginger and Marianne were two secretaries and the passengers take a six-hour ride instead of a three-hour tour. Well, that explains why they have steamer trunks full of luggage. Well, by the time the show premiered, though, it it changed. Schwartz had scrapped the song for the Ballad of Gilligan's Isle, which he composed with George Wiley and booked folk singers, the Wellingtons, who we hear here singing, uh, to perform. Schwartz wasn't quite done tweaking the tune, though. In the version that aired during season one of Gilligan's Island, the list of passengers ends with the movie star and the rest. Right. Omitting both the professor and Marianne. According to MeTV, this was because Tina Louise, Ginger, her contract mandated that her name come last in the credits. That's why they left the two of them out. So, for season two, it was actually Bob Denver that stepped in, who played Gilligan, of course, and he told the producers that unless they worked in those two castaways into the opening credits, he'd like his name to get bumped to the end of the credits in solidarity with him. And since Denver was the top-billed cast member, they agreed to do it. So the professor, he said, the professor and I still send each other little notes saying, love the rest. According, or Dawn Wells had said that on Today in 1990. There was another, so there was a cast member, another a, a woman who was traded out early in the beginning of... 
Gilligan's Island. I think they either brought on Marianne or Tina Louise. I forget how the legend and lore goes, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was just seemed kind of dismissive and the rest. And so a couple of losers, you know, they just tagged on It was because of, of her contract, yeah. because of Tina Louise's contract. I never knew that story till this morning. By the way, Jerry Van Dyke was initially offered the role as Bob Denver. Can you see if who the, the there was a, a different actress, Nick, that was part of the original cast who, who didn't make it to the full series run? Yeah, and actually, uh, Gilligan, uh, it, he had been Maynard G. Krebs on a show. Um, Dobie, Dobie Gillis. Gillis. Dobie Gillis, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look it up, Steve. Okay. Uh, all right, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh. Okay. Of course, we know that one very, very well. Now this is a story. Uh, when NBC gave Andy Berowitz the green light for The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, he already knew that he wanted the theme song to tell the story of how Will Smith's character's, uh, character ended up in Bel-Air. Um, and he said, I was like, we're basically doing the hip-hop Beverly Hillbillies here. Let's not run away from that. Let's just go for it. So that's why kind of the storytelling yeah. song like they did with the Beverly Hillbillies. I think it's a smart move, too, at least in the first season of a show so that people can immediately get a thumbnail sketch of what it's about. Yep. They should have taken this approach with The Sopranos. <laughs> um, so he told Entertainment Weekly it was near the end of the pilot season and Barowitz didn't have much time to deliver an episode to the network. Luckily, Smith didn't need much time to write the now iconic bars. Uh, according to him, he said, uh, we literally went into the studio, made the theme song, about 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, no my way. God. Yep. There's <laughs> the Prince of Bel-Air. DJ Jazzy Jeff, the other half of Smith's hip-hop duo, told Entertainment Weekly, I ended up just going in and programming some music, and he wrote something and laid it down. I did a rough mix, sent it in. About three weeks, oh it was on NBC. <laughs> in, the, wow. in the opening That's credits, great. who's playing the ante? I don't know. Oh. I think it might be somebody who, maybe the same person from uh, Parents Just Don't Understand, that video, because there were yeah. there were a few goofy characters in that video, right, remember, right. which is very similar to this, with the graffiti and stuff right. in, yeah. in, uh, in the opening of this. It, she might have been in the same video. Okay. Um, I'm not sure from Parents Just Don't Understand. Uh, Marissa found a missing verse from that song. I, it's not a joke, or at least I don't think it's a joke. From, uh, from Prince Bel-Air? Yeah, so that apparently you know there's what? a... Yeah. yeah, I did read that there was supposed to be more to that. Here we go. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared. I said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel-Air. I begged and pleaded with her day after day, but she packed my suitcase and sent me on my way. She gave me a kiss and then she gave me my ticket. I put my Walkman on and said, I might as well kick it. First class, yo, this is bad. Drinking orange juice out of a champagne glass. Is this what the people of Bel-Air living like? Hmm, this might be all right. I went for a cab and when it came near, the I guess they had to, they had to cut it shorter. The Bel-Air. I saw him do that live at uh, Live 8. You remember that show? Oh, what was that like? It, it was fantastic. Yeah. Everybody in the audience was singing along. They Everybody knows the words to it. And it's, you know, Philly's hometown hero and Will Smith doing it in front of a Philly crowd. It was really cool. There's another lyric, apparently, where he mentions MMR, Preston. Yeah. <laughs> there is? No, I missed it. Uh, okay, so here's another iconic TV show theme song and the story behind it. The Andy Griffith Show. The song actually has a title other than just The Andy Griffith Show. It's called The Fishing Hole. The Andy Griffith Show. The Andy Griffith Show. Andy Griffith. Actually, the first person um, I heard that they tried to get to record this couldn't actually whistle. And uh, it was a a beakless (laughs) rooster. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's just guess, not going to work. They call it divisional because in the beginning they're they're heading off fishing, fishing poles, yeah. and, and they're they're heading out father son do a little fishing. Uh, compose- the original title was "I Like Holes." And I thought that was too, <laughs> too suggestive. <laughs> What's this show about? Uh, it's a sheriff who really well, you forget it. Uh, Comperl, uh composer Earl Hagen, not Comperl. <laughs> Oh, that's what his friends called him. Compearl. That guy's a composer and his name's Earl. That guy's good. He wrote a fishing hole song. <laughs> Get Compearl on the phone. Compearl. Compearl. <laughs> We're going fishing. <laughs> Do you remember the time? Wait, why hey. did we have it slowed down one time? Uh, okay, that? so. Oh, it was when died. Andy Griffith died. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's right. I made some. <laughs> and then we wanted to do yeah. something a little more morose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A little yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Um, the Andy Griffith Show. The Andy Griffith Show. Starring Andy Griffith. Okay. And Comperl. Um, so, composer, Comperl Earl Hagen, uh, who was also behind the themes for The Dick Van Dyke Show and That Girl, uh, didn't have an easy time dreaming up a simple song for The Andy Griffith Show until he realized just how simple it should be. He said, one morning I got up after beating our brains out for a couple of months, and I thought uh, that this thing ought to be simple enough to whistle. And it took me about 10 minutes to write it. Wow. These guys, once they get an idea, they just it bang just goes, it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. He said he had presented it to producer Sheldon Leonard, who immediately suggested filming Andy Griffith and Ron Howard ambling lakeside with fishing poles while the song played. And I'm guessing that lake that they're walking to is some sort of pond on the set of whatever studio they were shooting for. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hagen himself whistled on the track. He oh. said, I had never whistled before in my life and never since. And the bitch was, he had just come for, as a judge, he had just judged a cracker contest. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> so, a cracker tasting contest. Just horrible <laughs> confluence of events. <laughs> I find this hard to believe he had never whistled before in his life. No, he's a liar. And that's why he was drummed out of the business. Though the fishing hole was instrumental in the show, actor Everett Sloan, who guest starred as farmer Jubal Foster in a season two episode, later wrote lyrics for it. I can't get bodies in my farm. Griffith sang them for the 1961 album songs, uh, the 61 album called Songs, Themes, and Laughs from the Andy Griffith Show. Marissa, see if you can find Andy Griffith singing the lyrics to the theme song. Griffith actually had a, a number of albums. He, he was uh, a talented he was musician. A talented musician. Yeah, he yeah. played guitar and sing, and uh, his, his old stand-up stuff was fun. It was, you know, it was very down-homey. Of and, course. You know? And then he talked about uh, progressive sort of Eurosex stuff going on at the time. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and, uh, them Germans, they, they like some crazy stuff. When when I when my first radio job was in a town called Salem, Missouri, middle of nowhere, and there there was a group that used to appear on the Andy Griffith Show called the Darlings. I remember the Darlings, and they also used to appear on um, Hee Haw. No, not Hee Haw, but uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, they did a crossover, right? To that. Yeah, and they were from Salem, Missouri. And were their, they? Their name? I think their real name were the Dillons. Yeah. And uh, so they were like our local celebrities because one of them still lived in town. They were sort of they the Nine re- Inch Nails of their time. They were the Nine Inch Nails of bluegrass. Now, yeah. they, were, they were bluegrass and they were, you know, really good bluegrass musicians are incredibly talented. Yes. And that was that was their deal. But so that was my kind of <laughs> with yokel fame. 
There you go. All right. Uh, while Marissa's looking for that, and we'll circle back, the Batman theme song. Neil Hefty, right? Got the story behind this. Yeah, Neil Hefty wrote it. Batman's theme song has been covered so often in the last half century that younger fans might not even know where it originated. Uh, the year was 1966. The show was the animated series Batman. And the musical genius, was Steve said, was Neil Hefty. In a 2006 interview, Hefty admitted that he had struggled to develop a tune that was outrageous as the show itself. And he didn't have high hopes for his uh, pitch to producers. He said, I had to sing it and play it on the piano. He said, first, I'm no singer and I'm no pianist. Uh, he said, my first thought was that they were going to throw me out very quickly. But as soon as, but as I was going through it, I heard them both reacting with statements like, oh, that's kicky. It's kicky. Uh, that would be good in the car chase. Uh, Hefty eventually used eight singers to bring the Batman chorus to life. But he suggested cutting two different tracks in case producer William Dozier preferred a purely instrumental intro. God, when um, I see this, so this is, this was my entree into my lifelong adoration of Batman. Uh, though Dozier... What's that? A little bit. Okay. Uh, Though Dozier chose the vocal version, Batman star Adam West later propagated the myth that instruments, not voices, were behind the Batman bit. I said old pals would uh, call to congratulate me and also to ask, are those horns or voices saying Batman during a theme song? And he wrote in his biography, uh, they were horns. Uh, Since... The single word did technically qualify as lyrics. Hefty was credited as both songwriter and composer. Uh, one of the choir members on the recording session wrote on his part, uh, word and music by Neil Hefty, uh, he had said. So there word, you go. He got, word and music. He got a couple yeah. of... Is uh, it still uh, used in some form? The, only as just sort of fun acknowledgement of the past. But I mean, that op- the animated opening of that series and that poster, I, I, as I've said on air before, I begged my mother to put, let me put that poster near the t- TV, so Batman knew I was watching when it, <laughs> and apparently he did. Steve, over three seasons. It was only on for three seasons. Yeah. How many episodes do you think? I'm going to say, in those times, they do like, uh, let's go with uh, 90. 120. 120, yeah. 40, 40 yeah. episodes. In three seasons? Yeah. 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 Season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way they used to do it wow. back then. Yeah. All right. We have the Andy Griffith uh, theme song of him singing along with it. So hang on a second. Let me back this up and see who we get. Well, now take down your fishing pole and meet me at the fishing hole. We may not get a bite all day, but don't you rush away. What a great place to rest your bones and mighty fine for skipping stones. You feel fresh as a lemonade setting in the shade. Weather is hot. Weather it's cool. Oh, what a spot for whistling like a fool. What a fine day to take a stroll and wander by the fishing hole. I can't think of a better way to pass the time of day. That's cute. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> that should be a wedding song. Kind of jazzy. Yeah. I dig it. Okay. Uh, let me see. I think I have two more. Yeah, two more. Uh, Sesame Street. The name of the song is Sunny Days. Beautiful song. Uh, when it came to the opening song, creator John Stone loved Joe uh, Raposo's composition just as much as he hated Bruce Hart's lyrics. Uh, and he hated the lyrics of the song? Yeah, and he didn't downplay either emotion. According to Michael Davis's book, Street Gang, The Complete History of Sesame Street, Stone called uh, Raposo's music just plain brilliant. 
uh, commending how it was melodic and easy enough for a child to recognize and even sing along to, but still had a musical sophistication to it. Though it was Stone's idea to center the song around the line, Can You Tell Me How to Get to Sesame Street? He thought the rest of Hart's platitudinousness, kitty show lyrics, oh, come on. were trite and thoughtless. Oh, I mean... Of course there's going to be platitudes in a song that is, that's geared at four-year-olds. Not even, like infants. What was he looking for? He said, I don't know, Dark Side of the Moon? Yeah. <laughs> he, right. said, he said, I kept thinking that in a you week... You can't get to Sesame Street if you can't don't eat your pudding. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I kept thinking that in a week or so, I'd get around to getting rid of such hackneyed phrases as it's a magic carpet ride. But I never did. And once it aired, there was no way to go back and make repairs. Crime and strife on the street. <laughs> Nowhere to turn. Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street so I can feel the burn? Uh, okay, you like that, Billy? Uh, he called the whole work a musical masterpiece and lyrical embarrassment. Well, well oh that is God, too damn harsh. Well, A, terrible. would you really call it, is it music-wise, it's sweet, it's bouncy? He's treating it like it's Beethoven. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if you push one of the buttons on like a a, 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 a synthesizer, yeah. it'll play that automatically. It's yeah. a song for babies. Yeah. And I don't know about the show, but at least at Sesame Place, the amusement park, they still play it. Oh, they have to. And don't yeah, kids, with, they light up when they hear it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a fun song. Except uh, this jerk off. They eventually <laughs> did, uh, they had the harmonica play along with it. There was an right. instrumental version. That might have been at the end. There was a really, really famous harmonica player. I've forgotten his name. Uh, Toots, I think, was his name. Oh, really? Yeah. Toots, Toots Mayhorn? Um, Nick, can you look it up? I can, yeah. This guy, Joe Raposo, by the way, wrote two uh, staples from Sesame Street. He wrote Being Green, It's Uneasy Being Green, and C is for Cookie. Oh, wow. Cookie Monster. Yeah, so um, Joe Raposo had um, hits within the Sesame Street world as well. It's not easy being, being green. green. Being the color of snot. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a beautiful song. Um, it is. They had some really great people attached to that stuff. I'm just, I'm just stunned that the the guy was that irate about the simple, sweet lyrics to the song. Yeah, I don't get that. Uh, Toots Thielmans. Okay. So Toots, Toots, isn't the one that isn't he the one who plays the harmonica on the Billy Joel song? Yes. Uh, Which what song was that? Uh, The Stranger. Is that how it goes? No, 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 no. The Harmonica Man. Uh, no, 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 no. What um, the hell is it? I can hear it in my head. Yeah, I, I keep seeing, it's not Dream a Little Dream, but it's, it's something like... Oh. Yeah, Steve, it's it's a... Text messages, please, help us. Help us. Or, or you know what, look him up on Wikipedia. I got you. And uh, look up his... Look under um, toots and see what comes up. Hang on a second here. Looking Leave for Mr. Goodbar. 1980s and later. Hang on a second here. Um, Leave a tender moment. Yeah! yeah! There you That's go. It. Kathy, you've won uh, the I- Scorpion King. <laughs> he actually played on a bunch of famous stuff. He's uh, He was just a, uh, he was one of the great harmonica players. Wow, he performed Jaco Pastorius. Wow, okay. Uh, appeared on the Julian Lennon song, Too Late for Goodbyes. Oh. Much Too Late for Goodbyes. Yeah, you remember that? that song, yeah. 
Um, and yeah, leave a tender moment alone. So he did a lot of stuff. Uh, he worked with a lot of famous people. Anyway, we're moving on to the final one here that I have on this list of uh, stories behind uh, TV show theme songs. Well, this is better than I thought it was going to be. I told you it was yeah, solid. Yeah. This is from Mental Floss, by the way. There were a few that I left out of here, but um, these like were... Like the 60 Minutes theme. These were the biggies. No, there were a couple that I, I was just like, I, I, I never, I don't, I'm not familiar with it's that. 60 show. Minutes theme, it's a clock. Tick, 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 tick. There was uh, the Proud Family. Um, no, no. Nope. And a couple of current ones that aren't quite as iconic as these. So, uh, this one's for Nick. His all-time favorite show. Cheers. Where everybody knows your name. Uh, in the early 1980s, uh, Gary Portnoy and Judy Hart Angelo were busy mailing cassette tapes featuring songs from their fledgling Broadway show Preppies to potential backers in the entertainment industry. Soon, the musicians were contacted by brothers Glenn and Les Charles, uh, who didn't want to invest in the musical at all. Instead, they wanted to buy its opening number called People Like Us for their upcoming NBC sitcom Cheers. Uh, since Preppies producers wouldn't let them poach it. The Charles Brothers simply commissioned Portnoy and Hart Angelo to pen a similar song for the TV series. So do me a favor, Marissa, if you wouldn't mind, uh, look up the song People Like Us from Preppies and see if we can find that, because that would have been the theme song. Of course, the, the legendary multi-award winning Preppies show. <laughs> um, so anyhow, uh, they, they wrote a song uh, what they originally wrote centered on Ted Danson's rather amorous character Sam and classic Boston culture. Lyrics included singing the blues when the Red Sox lose. <laughs> it's a crisis in your life. On the run because all your girlfriends want to be your wife. If so you, was speaking directly to Sam. Right. If, you watch, if you watch Cheers and they don't include the entire theme song, you're not really watching <laughs> Cheers. Because like, they would cut to the chorus sometimes and I always felt gypped. I, I needed that long uh, melodic they do piano intro. intro. Yeah, we. Uh, my daughter and I recently watched um, all of the, the show Gravity Falls, and it's got a fun theme song to it, and we would sing along to it, but there were a couple of episodes that were longer than normal, right. so they had to cut it short. I'm like, what the hell? What'd you do? They yeah, do that with do? The Simpsons all the time. Yeah, yeah. So robbed. The Simpsons, yeah, you'll, 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 you know, you'll cut from one of the early parts of the theme song to Homer getting, you know, smashed into the uh, garage door. Mm-hmm. When listening to the Cheers theme song, it, it calms me. Like, there's, there's something, the, yeah, it's, it's comforting. It's a really yeah. uplifting uh, message. Yeah. John Ratzenberger wasn't even in part of the yeah. list of characters. In no, the it was Tina Lee. It was not Tina He was like she a guest. Insisted. Yeah. yeah, he was a guest actor on most of the first season. That's yeah. the kind of clout Tina Louise have had off of Gilligan's Island press, and she demanded she be in the opening credits for Cheers. So with the, the, the first set of lyrics I read to you, um, uh, they said they called us back and said, we really love that, but, uh, but we love our show and think it's going to run forever. So if you could make the verse more universal in nature, as opposed to just a about Sam. If you could make the crap you wrote a little bit better, that would be great. Portnoy had said the, the duo took their advice and they ended up with Where Everybody Knows Your Name, which Portnoy recorded himself, all six singing parts, all the harmonies on that. That's him mm-hmm. singing. And as probably has lived off that song. Yeah. I mean, because I don't remember Preppies ever breaking big. So we went to Cheers uh, years and years ago when, when my father was still alive. And so when we, we made sure that he was the last person to walk into the bar. By the way, the bar looks nothing like no, the, no, the, the, the it, TV it's, it's much more claustrophobic. But it's just, it's such a great memory that I'll, I'll uh, take forever because yeah. when he walked in, we were all, <laughs> but on the outside, it, yeah. it did look very similar. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. The outside was, you know, that's... Um, what was it 
called? The the, the Bull and Finch, I Bull believe. And Finch, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh by the way, here oh. is first let's go and let's play a little bit of Toots playing on uh Billy Joel. It's <laughs> a great song. This is a great song. Yeah. Yeah. It's about a woman who murdered her husband, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, he was an abusive yeah, husband. Yeah. And <laughs> like enjoy the murder. <laughs> Even though I'm alone. Great song. Nice. Um, all right. And then this is what could have been the Cheers theme song. Here we go. People like us never need to be told. Savoir faire and take oh, it you Don't bury young a bear from a room. This we know from the time when we hide. Thing sucks. Girls <laughs> wear pearls and a they're all singing in unison. Maybe they'll split up in the harmonies here. Let me ask you something. Is it that you don't like it because you're so associating the theme? You may have come to love it. Exactly. If you heard it all right. the time Had it with, been a show associated with a show that you love, that you really dug, you right. may have, over time. Really appreciated it. There was one of those gimmicky bars in Boston that was called Cheers, uh, and that recently closed. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but it was it was modeled after the TV show, not the Bull and Finch, but an actual like Cheers style. That was bar. a franchise. Yeah, that you, you could purchase those. At, at, like they, they would have a Norman Cliff sitting at the end of the bar, right? Yeah, yeah and they just closed recently. Which They're is in airports, bad. though, aren't they? they some are, of them? Yeah, I sat at one in the Detroit airport for like <laughs> six hours because I missed a flight one time. <laughs> I'm like, well, I might as well go to Cheers. Where were you flying to, Nick? I wasn't flying anywhere. <laughs> I just really love this airport. <laughs> on, that was a sad story, but it was Christmas Eve. Oh I missed God. the plane. Oh, That guy had a big hit. Awful. There was like all these delays because it was a winter storm. Anyway, back to the theme song. <laughs> That's a Hallmark movie. Uh, you're right. Fun. Yes. That's with you could play it, Nick. <laughs> Where you uh, you sit there talking to the uh plast- plastic uh, norm and <laughs> Hey guys. No. I used to watch your show all the time. And then the uh, the the, the bar Bartender's a really attractive, uh, you know, yeah. uh, single mom. Right, 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 right. I love it. <laughs> your head is enormous. <laughs> Just want to get home for Christmas. <laughs> May I decorate your head? We don't have a tree here. <laughs> <laughs> a Christmas head. Back <laughs> <laughs> Wayne is the Christmas head. <laughs> Come, children. Oh, wow. Gather around the Oh, Christmas my God. Head. That's a beautiful. Oh, that's a man. <laughs> Hold still. All right, Steve. This is the last part of this, and this answers all your questions that you had about uh, the theme song and these people. The beloved theme song still generates healthy royalty checks for its creators, but the same can't be said for their ill-fated musical. Preppies debuted off-Broadway to lackluster reviews and shuttered just weeks later. So they were, they were going to sort of make... Make it difficult. Now they fought obviously to get their deal, but sometimes you you know yeah you got to leave a tender moment alone. That's right. <laughs> yes, you absolutely do. As Billy Joel had told us, I love the harmonica when played properly. I agree. Not with your ass. No. <laughs> you mean like how? Uh, wait. Uh, Alanis Morissette plays it by shoving the entire thing <laughs> right, in her mouth. Right. And then smiling. Right. Ooh, I'm in love. All right, anyhow, I thought that was a pretty interesting list. Uh, we need to take a break. We'll come back in a moment. We'll get some beat file stories for you. Stay there. 
93.3 WMMR welcomes June 11th at the link, the legendary Rolling Stones. Don't get angry with me. MMR's 13 Days of the Stones. Your shot every day to win free tickets for 13 straight days. Just listen for the Stones song of the day. And the 25th caller goes to the show. And making it easier for you to win, check out the cheat sheet at WMMR.com. Tickets on sale Friday, December 1st at 10 a.m. For ticket info and another chance to win, head to WMMR.com. Plus, next Friday at 7, it's Jackie Bam Bam's special Rolling Stones edition of You Call It Friday Night. A show where you can always get what you want. This is your chance to see the Stones live in concert from the station that's well aware it's only rock and roll. And gosh darn it, we like it too. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. Well, everybody and their brother sent me this story, and I definitely am going to put it here in the B-File. A Paris Zoo showcased a mysterious new organism on Wednesday that they have dubbed the Blob. Yeah. A yellowish, unicellular, small living being which looks like a fungus but acts like an animal. This newest exhibit of the Paris Zoological Park, which goes on display to the public on Saturday, has no mouth, no stomach, no eyes, yet it can detect food and digest it. The blob has been has almost 720 sexes, can move without legs or wings, and heals itself in two minutes if it's cut in half. So this really does possess... The properties of the classic science fiction monster, the Blob. Yeah. Okay, uh, how did they kill that thing? The, they froze it. They didn't kill it. Yep. Remember, they froze it and dropped it off at the. I uh, never North Pole. watched it. No, I never. Okay. Yeah, they used uh, CO two based uh, fire extinguishers. CO two to back it off, and then they then they froze it, and then they dropped it somewhere in the Arctic. Uh, the Blob is a living being which belongs to one of nature's mysteries," said Bruno David, director of the Paris Museum of Natural History. It surprises us because it has no brain but is able to learn. And if you merge two blobs, the one that has learned will transmit its knowledge to the other. This Stop is the it. beginning of the end. Oh yeah, uh, because think think of a think of a sentient creature that possessed these capabilities. Yeah. So uh, and it was named after the the horror film. So yeah. that's that's where they got it. So we'll see if there is more research and a ton of what we find out <laughs> about the blob. <laughs> hey kids, let's go see the blob. Uh, this woman probably loves chicken nuggets more than you do. A bride was recently thrilled to receive a bouquet containing greens and chicken nuggets from family members. Uh, Tyson helped out with the bouquet, and the brand wrote on Instagram, Kisses and Nugs. <laughs> To Adam and Blair Tyson, wishing them a lifetime of fun nugget love. It's a dream come true. <laughs> From our Tyson family to theirs. The and they're dipping sauce. They also gifted them a year's worth of Tyson chicken nuggets, too. I Listen, I, I love chicken nuggets. Yeah. I love chicken fingers. I love boneless wings. Mm -hmm. I've said it. Now you do something about it. Okay. Uh, so I don't know why they gave them all these chicken nuggets. Just because their last name was Tyson, I'm not really sure. So who knows? But they're in love. They're in love. We're in love. And we have nuggets. Two Randy Scottish senior 
senior citizens were caught in a sordid romp on a bus outside uh-huh. a hospital in broad daylight. Uh, the shameless couple were spotted in a sleazy sect, uh, sex act by a shocked passenger who started to film them. It happened on board the Stewart's Coach's number 111 bus, and it was parked at a hospital in Airdrie, just yards from a cancer treatment center. And it's claimed the frisky elderly couple swiped their, uh, apparently their uh, senior passes to get on the bus and then went straight into the sordid tryst. Onlookers watched in disgust as the Randy pensioners were caught in the sordid romp. A 20-second video of the X-rated tryst was posted online. Did you see it? No, I did not get a chance to see it, and it became an instant hit. It is understood the pair were tossed off of the bus by the driver after he discovered their X-rated activities. The clip shows the mystery couple passionately kissing as the man performs a sex act on his female companion as cars drive past So he's performing a sex act on her? That's what it says, and they're not going into specifics. So, <laughs> and they were kissing. So, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it's you know. I listen, make it up in your own head. As source added, let's try some finger blasting. That's <laughs> what I'll do if my arthritis and my extra bony knuckles should deliver a whole wealth of pleasure to your rotten vagina. Oh, oh dear God, hey. my lord. Listen, it's a short bus ride. You have any hopes of having an orgasm? I'm going to use the middle digit as it looks like a naughty piece of wood. I don't think we're on the air anymore. (laughs) Preston just left. Uh, Nick found the video. Well, you know, I, I blame the uh, the Sun, the British tabloid, because they blurred out what's going on here. And it's hard you to tell. don't want to yeah. see it. <laughs> kind of want to see it. <laughs> Listen, and I pulled everything out. Our lung was on the end of my finger. <laughs> and I think oh. you're going to want this back, Lassie. Oh, God. This helps with the creation of bile. <laughs> The pancreas came out too. Came out on my ring finger. (laughs) Here, pop that back in. (laughs) The source said they got on the bus. Spit on it. Oh my god. A source added they got on the bus using their concession passes like any other pensioners, but they obviously fancied a quickie and didn't make any attempts to hide what was going on. They were just going at it right there on the seats. You can hear the bus engine running in the background. Mm. Uh, so uh, I no word on if they were you know busted or kicked off. Well, the, they they were kicked, they were off, kicked the bus, off, but um, I don't know if they got in any legal. Do they trouble. look to be extremely elderly, or are they simply uh, pensioners? We assume they're of retirement they, they age. They look right? pretty old. I mean, it's a blurry clip, and it's, it's, some of it's blurred out. But he's clearly Steve using his right arm. There you go. Okay. Uh, here's the story. Hand. We're going to reel it back just a little bit. And I head up to my bicep. <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, a dog owner, this is in the UK, uh, was left horrified after his Jack Russell pulled a giant dildo from a bush. Oh, my God. Which one? George? (laughs) (laughs) Laura. Probably Laura. Yeah. Uh, Shocked. Ian Craig was at uh, Bell Burney Park 
when his hound, Alfie, retrieved the large black rubber device. He said Alfie came back with what looked like a stick, but it soon became apparent it was clearly something quite different. Hmm. It was the length of the dog, and I admit I was shocked. I left it where the dog dropped it. And the dog was a bull master. <laughs> <laughs> he said this all happened close to the uh, craft center and allotment area in the park. And it seems that other have come across similar similar items, too. Another visitor, George Smith, stumbled across a white rubber sex doll. Or not sex doll, sex toy while he was walking in the park. So the question is, who uses these things and then just dispense, disposes of them? Yeah. Right? I mean, they're, they're, at least it's our understanding. Yeah. They're they fairly be rich. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're expensive, these things. He said, I was in the same park when I found a different sex toy. Uh, news of the fines has prompted community leaders to call on the local council to clean up the area. And that is all that we have time for right now in the Bizarre File. Stay with us. What's going on in the world of rock? You'll find it at WMMR.com. Your one-stop outlet for all the rock news you need to know. WMMR.com Where FOMO goes to die. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swoopin' and Winning Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash for 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopinandwingame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. Why do other jewelers hate me? I'm a nice guy. Because other jewelers just want to throw up when you ask, can I trade in my old diamond studs? Why? I guess it's because they're in the business of selling. I'm in the love business. I love to see my friends come back and trade in their old diamond studs. It's true. You can start with any size and upgrade them for a bigger pair anytime you want. Get exactly what you paid. Not only do other jewelers not want you to trade in your diamond studs, but even if they do, they don't give you back what you paid. Why are their diamonds worth less? Oops. Come see me, the real Steven Singer, a real jeweler, whose diamonds are always worth what you pay. Visit me at the other corner of 8th and Walnut. By phone, 888-I-HATE-STEVEN-SINGER. Online, IHateStevenSinger.com. Oh, by the way, these stunning Anita diamond stud earrings are always 100% eye-flawless, near-colorless, brilliant-cut diamonds, magnificent and bright white, topped off with my 14-carat safety silicone backs. IHateStevenSinger.com. One place, one price. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Kathy sent me this article, which has some interesting statistics about the average Americans and excuses that they make to validate decisions. And there are quite, after doing this uh, particular study, they found that we as Americans, on average, will make... 2,190 excuses <laughs> to validate your decision per year. Two, uh, what's Some, that number again? 2,190 excuses. Uh, that's a losing average. Out per year. Okay. It's about six a day. Six a day. But you make six <laughs> excuses a day. Do you think that holds true for you? Uh, probably because they are along the lines of, uh, I'm tired or, um, you know, I, I, 
I don't have enough time right now and things like that. So so no, they, they can be just that. Uh, yeah. What do you want from me? Get off my back. <laughs> yeah. Get off my yeah. back. I'm stupid. Uh, an excuse for not finishing your work for the day. Yeah. excuse for uh, not doing the whatever chores you had planned yeah. on doing. An excuse for missing a meeting, you know, whatever it may be. And, and you will make these excuses several times a day. If you live long enough, your excuses become pared down like, uh, I didn't care. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, you just be honest I, about I, it. I don't care. That's my excuse. Here's my excuse. I don't want to. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no actual excuse to that. That's a bona fide fact. That's yeah. why I didn't do this. I didn't want to. Yeah, so the results uh, revealed that the ever-popular I'm too tired uh, topped the list of common excuses. Okay. Yep. I, no, I, don't I think know that that's an excuse for me. I am too tired. It's, uh, that's what I was thinking, Kathy. If it's a legitimate reason... Does it cease to become an excuse, or is it more an explanation? Listen, I uh, watching uh, Tom Papa's latest uh, uh, stand-up routine, which is called "You're Doing Great." Uh, he he kind of leads with that. He's like, "You're tired. I know. Everybody's tired. That's the way it is. Everyone is tired. There's no one who is not tired. At least at some point in the day, everybody is." Tired. I don't. Do you guys know any people that are just uh, go get them all the time? Yeah, I don't. They're annoying those people. My brother is that way. My youngest brother, Josh, and and it's not like the rest of the family is that way. But Josh gets up at the crack of dawn every day before he gets up before dawn, and he goes and goes and goes all day. It's it's. I don't. Maybe he's adopted because he's not like anybody else in the family. It's remarkable. Well, you know what? I actually. I mean, I do. I don't take a nap. I go from, you know, 3.45 in the morning till, you know. When you I, get tired. I mean, you're, I, you're human. Yeah, like today I'm tired. And I don't know why because I got a, a good amount of sleep last night. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, I, I think, uh, yeah, sometime during the day, at some point, you'll sit there. A lot of times I've had it happen. Do you ever have that day, the, the, the occurrence where in the mid-afternoon, and it happens to me, like if I happen to stop by the, the 7-Eleven or something to get milk, and your heated seat in the car is on. And you're just there, and you're just you just you just sit there like like semi comatose because it's so so comfortable, you know. Yeah. I find that like, like it's it's those little moments. I'm going to stay here in this parking lot for another uh, hour. Well, it's on my drive home that it hits me, and I'm just like just warms you. I was yeah. like, right, drive. I'm going to go home. I'm going to exercise. I'm going to get my prep work done for tomorrow. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And I'm about and ten minutes from home, and I'm like, I need a nap. Yeah, if I, I need what, a nap, that's what they're saying that the the excuses are. It's All right. yeah, okay. Excuse, I'm too tired. So. You don't have to work out, uh, or you know, not you're not eating healthy. You're not running errands, things yep. like that. I, yep. I do work out. I just the the what happens is that the 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 time frame shifts. Uh, not now, not now. You know, and and that's what I I do to myself. But yeah, okay. Then I guess I'm good for about six or eight excuses a day. And then there there are people that have just really lame excuses or flat out lies as well. And uh, it's funny because we would uh, you know when we have uh, interns, and it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but our interns are in their early 20s. Yeah. That's when you, you lie a little bit more. And, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About why they can't make it right, in right, a right. particular morning. And it, most of the times they'll be like, yeah, right. Whatever, man. <laughs> it makes me cringe uh, to look back and think about... All those things that I, when I was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh my it's, God, yes. It's what you come up with. It's, it's like, and no one's going to be onto it. Yeah. This one's going to work. I had a, a teacher, a professor in college that I couldn't stand. And it wasn't until I went back and I actually found the old notebooks and, and papers that I wrote for this professor 
uh, when I was cleaning out uh, my basement, and I came to this realization that she was never the problem, that I was the problem the entire time. And, uh, and it, I mean, it sucked. It real, I mean, that was like a real come-to-Jesus moment at right. that point. I'm like, oh, I'm no. the a-hole. Uh, I'm the yeah, a-hole. Yeah, yeah. She was never the a-hole, and I was. I was a little bratty 21-year-old kid. No, I'm just a, a bratty 44-year-old. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yep, you made it. Uh, so the study looked not only at the common excuses that Americans give, but also delved into what those excuses are used for. In a single month, two in five make an excuse for buying something they didn't need. <laughs> well, Kathy. Kathy. What do you mean? <laughs> well, a further 36% make an excuse for binge-watching television. Okay, so listen. Uh, everything that I buy, I need. My tactical <laughs> shovel is ready to go. It's in the trunk of my car. The and, uh, boss, you need The thing that. about that is you never know when you're going to need it. No, so you need it. I have every confidence, though, and I've stated this publicly. I know that when I need it, I will forget I have it. Right. <laughs> Right. Oh, my God, we do that all the time. All the time. I know, oh. Preston. I will be, I, and I know what the scenario is going to be. It's going to be next winter. The car is going to be stuck in ice. I'm going to be there with a spork trying to get the back tire out. And sitting in my trunk will be my tactical shovel in a bag, and I have completely forgotten about it. How often do you buy things you realize you already had three of them oh, anyway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, that happens with food with us all yeah. the time. I need you to pick up some sour cream. You know, and I'll bring sour cream home and then look in the fridge and we have three containers that are already in the refrigerator. Connectors and things. So I I made uh, like (laughs) HDMI cables or or, um, extender wires, things like that. So I I made a concerted effort about two years ago to put everything of that kind in one place. Right. So that I, I can always at least go check. And I'm very proud of myself. I'm getting better, but it sucks when you go yeah. and then you open up the closet and it's already there. You've already, you've ordered it twice. Yeah, and HDMI cables, good ones, they're not cheap. Well, they're not that bad. I mean, you, you know, but I mean, still, just I put them in the same place now. Yeah. If I purchase something out of season as far as clothing goes, if I find like a sweater, I'm like, oh, that's nice. And I'll purchase it, you know, mm-hmm. but not yet wear it. I'm not kidding you guys. I have... One time, I purchased the same shirt three times, no. and I did. It's it's the the ads on on Instagram. They get you. I'm like, well, that is really nice. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I think I clicked on that before, but I, I didn't buy it. I I. I purchased something one time three times and I was like you've got to be kidding me I had all three of them in my closet I'm like okay I gotta go return this oh it actually just happened to me over the weekend Uh, and it it happened because I forgot I had purchased it I don't know why I wasn't alerted to it I got two Blu-ray copies of the movie Car Wash <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why? Oh my yeah. god! What was possessing me when I ordered this a while ago? Car why? <laughs> I, yeah, I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, so, in a single month, two and five make an excuse for buying something they didn't need. While the further thirty six percent, like I said, make an excuse for binge watching television. I'm, I'm uh, making an excuse for binge watching no, television. No, no, no. You have to. You do. Yeah, you, you, right. you have to binge watch television. Once you start something. There's a lot out there. It. How yeah. do you know when you're done? Well, I listen, we work in a different sort of uh, industry where... Doing, excuses are important. Well, excuses for, you know, being up to date on pop culture things, like, yeah. It won't hold water. No. I mean, that's why I, That's why you'll hear me a lot of times say... What do you mean it won't hold water? We have to know what's going that's on. Abs- yeah. I'm oh, saying, oh, I'm, oh, Yes, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I misunderstood what you were saying. I don't know why I got so defensive. Well, you're agreeing with me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Why are you agreeing with me? I say dumb things. <laughs> um, <Sticks. laughs> no, that's why you'll hear me say a lot of times. Like I'll watch the first few episodes of a show just at least to know what it's about, right? Right. Or, right you know, right. and then then tap out after a season or whatever because that's at least I, at least I can know what I'm talking about up to a level. Uh, over a third, thirty four percent, make excuses for not cleaning once a month. Uh, so How's your cleaning game? Mm. Or do you do you have a set things? Do you have set things in the house you're responsible for cleaning? No, uh, we all kind of chip in. It used to be my exclusive job. Used to be uh, the cat litter boxes. Thank God the cats died, so I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> Thank you, God. Um, so <laughs> no, uh, we all pretty much share the duties now. My wife is is the lone laundry doer, and that it shouldn't be that way. It absolutely should not be but that don't way. Don't suggest anything else. <laughs> I will never let her come to you. <clears throat> I, I, I know that it's wrong, but I'm going to let her tell me it's wrong. She at least handles the loads. It's up to you to to fold and 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 put away the stuff. But I know she handles the loads. <laughs> sounded like a <laughs> sexual <laughs> reference, kids. Which she does. You know, Listen, I mean, any kind of load she'll handle it. Yeah. <laughs> That's her responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Sometimes she's looking at it. Sometimes it's her back. And like several loads a day, right? Uh, uh, no, no, it's not twenty time. anymore. We don't do that anymore. I'm no, that's about on the laundry. Me. I'm talking about the no, laundry. You're, you're not. better than that. Yeah. Do several loads a you're day. Do it just one load a day. You can do two. You're a young man. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? As far as dedicated job, cat boxes. I we both do it. So, so you we, both do it. We do we do two a day. I anything that's that's uh, yard work related. Okay. The standards, the garbage, the uh, um, I, I keep my room clean. I keep my stuff arranged. All those all those basic things. Um, I will vacuum periodically too. But but Claire has Claire really does. She handles the loads mm-hmm. and she uh, um, <laughs> sends the process. I spray the weeds. That's part of mine. Uh, more, that's I do that on my right, own. right, right. That's like once a week. Yeah. No blow. When uh, in the summer, it's a lot easier. No, so, yeah, but, right. <laughs> all of all of the st- odd, bizarrely the standard stuff that you fall into. But I, I try to be very uh, cognizant of picking up things and, and making sure that things are in everything for, for, has a place, and I make sure it's there. Yep. All right. So uh, yes, over a third uh, make excuses for not cleaning on a weekly basic ex- basis. Excuses were most commonly given by respondents in order to avoid exercising, eating healthy, and running errands. All tied at thirty three percent. Yeah. I, hear- I love running errands. Oh, my really? God. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I don't know why, Kath. I, I just, I like I getting do. in my like, car. I, yeah. I, I like checking it off my list and, and getting it done. And the, I'm sense, also- the sense of completion. Yeah, like, yeah. And to me, that's not. You hate to be under a big load. <laughs> right? A big load of, op- of, thing, of things that you have to do. Yeah. No, but for me, like, I'm the type of person, like, we, we talked about being tired. If I sit down, I'm going to fall asleep, so I can't sit down. I, I just have to keep going. So I just, the errands are an easy way to do that. I agree a thousand percent. When I get home, if I were to sit down on the couch or if I were to do anything relaxed, I would be a dead man. So I've got to go right to working out. I've got to go g- complete all that stuff. And then may- perhaps, but yeah, I'm right with you, Kathy. I got to yeah, keep going. That's me, exactly. The way that I will get things done, and it's almost, it works, at least 95% of it will work, right. if, if not 100% every time, is uh, if I make a list. 
I yeah. will do. I will do everything on the list. And mm-hmm. are great. I finally bought this thing's called a boogie board, and it's not for the it's not for the beach. It's a uh, yeah, we have one. Yeah, it's an erasable uh, board that you can yeah. write mm-hmm. on. And I the boogie boogie board is for me specifically in my location. I'll make my list, and especially on the weekends, I'll, I'll get up and the first thing I do in the morning is make my list of things I right. want to do, and I'll scratch them off the, as the day goes on. And uh, I, I will I will. I will hold off on some allotment for myself until I finish that list mentally, like having a cocktail or some kind of a reward at the end of it. I'm like, all right, you can't do this until you finish everything on the list, and then I will. I won't make excuses. I'll get that stuff done. All right, well that's good. You, well, you know, you know your pitfalls, and you try to correct for it. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, exercise and eating healthy and running errands. I do make excuses for eating healthy, which I need to stop doing. Well, during uh, uh, some of the bets are off during the pandemic, right? All bets are yeah, off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to. Yeah. You, you got to go for the comfort food. Yep, those are excuses you guys are making. Yes, you know, I, mean, I know. Exactly. I know right. I'm, I'm not a, disagreeing with no, you, but like that, that's it's a medical like, fact that hers cheese balls are a necessity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nick, you're spot on. That's exactly. I think we've all made huge. We've used that as a Huge excuse for all kinds of stuff. Okay, yeah, and so I agree with that. Yeah. What, what are the, what's the difference between an excuse and like? All right, so a bona fide fact. Well, all right. So your excuse for um, relaxing on, on a on a healthy diet, press like because sometimes like you'll be under the weather, and I'll hear you say, "Well, I'm off my diet because I don't feel good." Yeah, and that's an excuse. Yep. Whereas I just say, "I just feel like eating it." You know, is that an excuse or is that? I think they're, they're probably both. I mean, if it's something that you feel that in a in a more correct state of mind you wouldn't do, yeah, uh, then it's probably an excuse. Like I didn't I, feel like it, you know. Like yeah, why, but, but why didn't you? I come wanted along? to kill that hooker, <laughs> but, but you, you don't have any intent on eating healthy. So yeah. I think you have to have intent first, right? I think you have to have uh, intent to <laughs> exercise. Your excuse was and if you don't follow through on that, you have an excuse. His excuse would be I, I wanted those vegetables. Yeah, right, 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 yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> I wanted those vegetables. But if I, like, you know, if I had to mow the lawn and I didn't mow the lawn, rather than saying, ah, oh, well, I had to do this, I, I didn't feel like it. Is that an excuse or is that? Yeah. Okay. So, for yeah. like, for me, I, talking about the core thing is every day I, I exercise. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. So, if I don't do that, everything starts to fall. Right. And I, and I, and I, I it, it, those are the little ways you have to learn how to trick yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it seems bizarre, but you have to sort of like a uh, three card Monty on yourself to convince you to do things. Uh, 29% admit to employing excuses to get out of social events each week. Oh, that and would be me. Really? Yeah. So, so, so uh, I think people don't even ask me anymore. <laughs> I, I, thought, I, I thought I thought that was mainly a guy thing because I, I do the same thing. I'm like, oh, we really have to go to that. Are you a homebody, Kathy? I'm not a homebody. I do like, but like during the week to go to like some sort of event, you know, whether it's out in Bucks County or in the city, like unless it's literally on Fayette Street in Conshohocken, <laughs> not sure I'm going to make it. And even even there, when it's on Fayette yeah, Street in Conshohocken, that sometimes mean- I'm still too walking, tired. Walking distance is not it does not have any influence. Over you showing up, I, I don't. Uh, I agree. I'm, I am a homebody. So, so normally in our normal work um, year outside of the pandemic, I'm out and about doing stuff with the station, doing with the show. Yeah, and so that's a lot of the stuff. But socially, I, I, I you know, I don't do a lot. I don't want to do a lot. And you're right. During the week, 
it takes its toll. Yeah, when you have kids and and uh, I'm at like home eating cheese balls, school stuff, and all that sort of stuff, then like your um, obligations sort of skip up a little bit. And yeah, I think it's a little comforting to know that I, when I'm going somewhere, that everybody else there doesn't want to be there either. Dude, dude, when you you guys tell me about your schedules, Preston and you and and I, I know Nick and Ken, well, all of you guys have kids. Yeah, the the the, uh, uh, the things you got to run to in this game and this practice and this stuff, I'd go nuts. Mm. I've been, uh, yeah, I've, I've been trying to appreciate that as I look at my empty calendar. I know, yeah. yeah. And, and go, you know what? I would have had two or three things on mm-hmm. here today. Yeah. I don't have that today. Thank well, you. The- thank you, deadly pandemic. <laughs> I know. I know. No, I, I miss I know. The, the game, like the sports practices and the games and watching them play. You know, that that is a lot of the running around, and now we just don't have it. You do miss that? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, I miss it in theory, uh, but then when it's reality, I don't miss it. <laughs> We oh, it always been. happens. It oh, and we talk about this. You you you, you know you agreed a lot of stuff and it ends up in the calendar and it's like oh yeah I'll do that yeah and then the the, the you know the morning yeah. of it's like why did I do this mm-hmm. and then you show up and do it and it's like oh this is why I did it it's good I haven't been paying attention to what Saturdays have looked like since this pandemic started because my uh, my daughter and son they they run track and track meets can be if, when the weather's bad it is miserable, miserable, because it's hours and hours long. I mean, it starts at 8 o'clock in the morning and goes past noon. It totally stinks, and I wonder if we, I don't know if we but when it's nice out, it's fine. You know, you just sit in there, you lawn chair. It stinks! I still, I still, I mean, that's tough. That's tough to just sit there, you Uh know? Rah, rah! Uh, Also, another, uh, 29% admit to uh, using excuses to get out of social events each week. 28% make weekly excuses for not wearing sunscreen. That was actually a really high one. Are you kidding me? Uh Uh-oh. Well, how did that end up so high? By the way, I wear it every day. It goes on in length about why why people do that. By the way, Casey, to answer your question about excuse, uh, somebody had had uh, stated this on the text messages, which might read to this. Any guilt behind it equals excuse. Yeah, that's a so good, if, that's if you a good feel, barometer. If you feel a little bit okay. of guilt behind yeah. the decision you've made, just a little bit, yeah. then you've made an excuse. And sometimes that's okay. And that's the excuse I'm making right now. Yeah. And give yourself permission yeah. a lot of times. My father-in-law, he would crack me up because he was... He had zero excuses. His whole thing. If he didn't want to do it, he's like, because I don't want to. Yeah. You know? I don't want to. Because you know why? Because I'm 65 years old and I've worked my whole life. And guess what? I don't want to. I don't want to go there and I'm not going to go there. And I love that. Like, man, to have that like resolute. And it's I like, don't want you to marry my daughter. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. Except for when it impacts other people. That's sure. When, that's when you need to go, okay, I'll take one. I don't want to deliver this medicine. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to. I've been around for six years. Six. Yeah. Uh, so the top, let me let me run down these. The, the five most common excuses. Uh, I'm too tired. Uh, I don't have enough money is another one. That sometimes that's accurate, though. That, but yeah. only if you're using it as If you're excuse. drinking Cerno in an alleyway, that's probably legit. When it's an excuse <laughs> is when you really do have enough money, but you're saying, I don't have enough yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number three is, I don't have enough time. Uh, number four is, it's too inconvenient. Yeah. Uh, and number five is, I'm too forgetful, which is typical homework excuse. I forgot. 
Yeah, I didn't know. How do you fight that? That's a lie. In, in, uh, it's interesting, Preston, because um, uh, excuse number three and two, they don't really apply right now. The the I don't have time during a pandemic is just not true. You yeah. know, people yeah. have time, and so if if you get an excuse like Casey, I don't know if you've encountered this, but you know, occasionally we'll reach out to potential guests, and uh, <laughs> they don't really have an excuse for not coming on the show these days. You know, yeah, like right. if you just because you don't want to get up in the morning, all right, that's fine, but you, you have the time. Well, yeah. they, they, we forget there's a substantial amount of people that are still have have not stopped going to work, and so for them, uh, they you know the, the, that it would still hold water on some level. But you're right, Nick. There, as far as social obligations, right. that's gone. So you you should have a little bit more time. But I I still make excuses. Uh, one of the best uh, somebody texts in says best thing about having kids is the excuse to not go to things. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah. All oh, I can't. Time. You know the kids and blah blah blah. We use it all the time. I'm and sure people see right through it. No, but it could, be, it could even work if you don't have. Kids. Stephanie's got the sniffles. I can't. No, that that's the best. Stephanie, and the, the easiest one too mm-hmm. is just like. Nope, doesn't feel good. Or, or can you, can, uh, and, and listen, can, sometimes it's true though. I'm like, no, like I, I feel bad leaving. I don't, I don't want to go out another night, you know, yeah. this week or weekend or, or whatever. I'm, I'm not leaving. So. Can, you, can you be overt with the kids, Kathy, and say, oh, my kids give me an excuse to not go to this thing I don't want to go to? <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, wait, back to the, I don't have enough time. I actually used that excuse for not calling somebody back, Nick. And <laughs> I was like, I am so sorry. I've just been so busy. And she was like, oh, okay. And then it just got quiet for a minute. She goes, wait, Doing what? <laughs> uh, you know what excuse I use actually, that, and it's the truth, and, it, and I, it's 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 a thing I, I I'm embarrassed about. If if people call me, I invariably call the people that I want to talk to the most last, and or if at all, yeah, because I want to take time with them, yeah. And so I don't. I wait, and I end up. And they end up not calling. Them I back. end up I know not mean, calling Steve. them back. My <laughs> oldest friend will call me. Uh, he calls me uh, maybe like once a week or something like that. And and uh, he always calls me when he's walking his dog, and he walks his dog at like nine o'clock at night. And I and the phone rings, and I see it, and I go. I don't want to talk right now. It's yeah. nine o'clock at night. I've used all my words for the day, and so I don't answer. And you know, my excuse is I don't feel like talking. And, I think and it works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, he understands. Yeah. You know, he's just trying to kill time as he's walking his dog. So what about with Jackie Case? I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Not because you don't like him. No. He, listen, he calls... This is Jackie Bam Bam, yeah. by the way, we're referring to. I mean, he, really, he really has a knack for calling at the wrong time. Like, yeah. we, we do a conference call every night at 5... I'm sorry, at 6 o'clock. And he calls me at 5.55. And it's like, I, I'm... Listen, usually leading up to the conference call... I'm doing work. I'm going through my emails or calendar or whatever, trying to figure out, you know, it's a good word, intransigent. Press <laughs> <laughs> your one excuse there that I like is uh, is uh, I forgot because you can't prove that it's not true. Yeah. Right? yeah. But you know it's not. Yeah. Well, yeah, you yeah. can't prove it. You can't. Well, you don't know that I didn't actually forget. Mm-hmm. You know? But you didn't. But you didn't. <laughs> well, like, listen. There's a son- don't ask, don't tell quality to that stuff because you 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 know that there have been times where that legitimately occurs. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. But did your kids use it a lot, Case? My son uses it all the yeah. time. Uh, you just have to profusely apologize if you really want to sell it. Uh-huh. Oh my God, I am so sorry. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a lot on my plate. There's been a lot going on. I've been so busy, Kathy. (laughs) Wait, doing what? (laughs) Oh, man, I've gotten so good at that when it comes to, like, work stuff. Like, if, you know, email. Like, so if somebody's asking to come on the show and 
and I don't want them to come on the show, yeah. uh, I will sometimes, uh, I will not respond. And let's say they wanted to be on the show yesterday. Uh-huh. I will wait a day or two past that. And then I'll go, oh, my God, I am so sorry. I it never, works out. I never got back so, to you. I forgot I didn't want you on the show. Yeah, and, and but like, No, but I, then don't think, Case, aren't you afraid they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm available all next week, too. Uh, yeah. And then we're, we're booked oh, up. I forgot. Kathy, then I, I'm going on vacation. I won't respond to that email either. I'm like, oh, my God, I just saw this, but I've gotten so good at it. Like, so I'll go, you know, you're such a great person and you're such a good friend and, and you deserve better. I'm like a horrible person. And then you're I just turn not ar- that funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the the weekly situations leading to excuses, it sums it up here. Uh, number five is wearing sunscreen. Number four is social events. Number three, healthy eating. Number two, exercise. I thought that would be number one because it's so easy. Tom Papa does a, a yeah. Tom Papa does a bit in uh, in one of his routines. This is a second reference to Tom Papa, but you know he's welcoming the crowd for being here tonight. He's like, you didn't cancel. You could have canceled, and you didn't cancel. He's <laughs> like, canceling is awesome. It's yeah. the best. <laughs> canceling on a, a dinner date with another couple. Oh, it's great. <laughs> exercise canceling. You don't have to tell say anything to anybody. You just say nope, not going. You just say yourself. Do you know it's the greatest scenario in the world where you don't want to go and you're talking about canceling and then they cancel. Then you act incensed. <gasps> oh, right. oh, I oh. wanted to see you All so right. bad. Okay. <laughs> they get to then be the bad you guy. get the points. Uh-huh. Yes, you, yes do. you do. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't like I, I you we schedule things and you you uh you pass on it. I don't know uh, when you're available. Ho- hopefully they send you a gift after yeah. that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank I'll God. Even, mm-hmm. I'll even do like the like I'll check in with them. I'm like, it's up to you. Like if you're too tired, don't like not a big deal. Do you ever try to do that border collie where you're trying to make the, convince them that they don't want to get together? <sighs> I know with your work schedule. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. You must have been in OR for how long? I don't know. Yeah. Did you lose a patient today or something? Yeah. I mean, it must, the stress must be. But I, listen, I, I'd love to see you. I mean, if you're up for that, you know. Steve, I'll do. I'm like, oh, you're just driving home from work. God, oh my God, it's getting late. It's, it's if you want to do this at a different time, you have to. Yes. Be, you have to be. So you're probably tired exhausted. Right now. Oh my God. It's 2:30 in the afternoon. Yeah, I left early to come home for the event. Yeah, but I mean. In, you know, in, in other countries and other time zones, it's that's so late. very late. I would be, I would be exhausted if I were you. I'm just, you know, no. If you're coming home at this time, there must be something wrong at home. I wouldn't want to have your marriage break up because we're getting together. Um, oh Stay home. Yeah. And number one on this weekly situations leading to excuses, <clears throat> excuse me, is uh, running errands. Uh, so people make the most excuses for running errands, which is funny because my wife doesn't make excuses for running errands. She just makes me go with her. Oh, no, no. No, Aaron's going to be alone. Claire never does that. I, I get. Here's what I get. I'm going to go to the store. You want to go with me? No. Which which means, which uh. is interpreted to, we're going to the store together. Uh, get, no get, your get your stuff now. We're leaving. Wow, that's, that's, um... That's not normal. <laughs> you she guys likes, like each other. She likes the company. Well, okay. She likes your company, oh. you know? Like, uh, no. I mean, and actually, I find that to be very, very sweet. But, like, no, my wife, no way. No, anybody in the house can go. Anybody. Oh, she really? Needs, she needs a buddy. It, so I'll go do the outlets uh, thing. So my wife and her, like, her, her sister... One of her sisters will go with her. And so if you man the car, like yeah, yeah. You, you drop her right off, you go park, you you know, watch something on your phone or whatever, you sit there, they call you, go pick you get the 
you get the points yeah. as if you were you know legitimately shopping with them, and uh, and uh, you don't have to go in and, and stand there in uh, you know uh, Cheese Wheel City. Mm. Yeah, you're the chauffeur for a little bit, so you're you're providing a service, and then you can uh, go do whatever you want. Actually, I wouldn't mind going to Cheese Wheel City. Yeah, another thing about it, I do like Cheese Wheel. <laughs> <That's laughs> <actually, laughs> kind of yeah, yeah. uh, <laughs> All right. Anyhow, uh, so excuses, excuses, excuses. We make two thousand one hundred ninety a year on average. Uh, so be aware of it when you're doing it, and uh, keep count and uh, yeah. see how you're holding. Do more up on the average. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we could do better. You're better you're than better that. Better than that. Yeah, <laughs> take it up to you're an even. Better three. than that. You can take it up to an even three thousand. <laughs> We can do that. Four thousands, more even. All right. We're going to take a break. Stay close because we're not going to be going long. Now, the President's Eve Camp Out for Hunger this year brought in 1.7 million pounds of food, which will go to fill abundance. That's over 878 tons. We also collected money so far because we will have more totals coming. $948,732. And we want to thank everybody who was a part of this. In a year like this, with everything the way it is, that's pretty freaking amazing. Amazing. Camp Out for Hunger would not be possible without the generosity of you and our partners. Event Quip, United Rentals Power and HVAC, Keys Towing, Seabox Custom Shipping Containers, Gilbane Building Company, and Thackray Crane. Preston and Steve's Camp Out for Hunger. Powered in part by Beanbow Bakeries USA, Duncan, Planet Fitness, Stoffer Glove and Safety, the General Building Contractors Association, and NRG. 93.3 WMMR, putting Philly first. I will turn to Nick and say, tell Tell us your story that you uh, mentioned to us the other day, Nick, about something interesting that happened uh, with your girlfriend's dad, I believe, right? Yes, yes. Uh, So Bob Bob is a great guy, and um, he's um, sort of one of those guys that's set in his ways. He's a Vietnam vet, and uh, I I just, uh, he's a character, right? So we went up to, they live up in the Poconos, and Bob is mostly retired, and um, we went up to visit, and because he's mostly retired, he's spending a lot of time at home doing projects, and he was painting their, their patio. And uh, up and down the ladder and, and all the work that's required with painting. And he ended up with a pretty sore back as a result. So he was, he was a bit laid up and he's trying to stretch and trying to do back exercises and trying to lay on a flat floor, a floor, a hard floor, that kind of thing. None of it's working. And he's like, I, I got to get some medication. I got to, you know, I need something. Advil's not coming in. He goes into his medicine cabinet and he says, he's a bottle of uh, muscle relaxants. And he says, well, this will probably do the trick. And he looks at the, uh, this is not an exaggeration. It's not hyperbole. He looks at the, the label and, and, uh, the description says muscle relaxants. And, and then he sees that the expiration date, not when he got it, the expiration date for the muscle relaxants, 1981. Wow. Come on. I'm not kidding. I'm, and, and he he doesn't BS. Yeah. Like these aren't stories to tell stories. So clearly he threw them away when he read that, right? Well, you would think, Casey, right. but no. He uh, he thought here's uh, something that I can take that will be effective and help me. And so he did. He ingested two muscle relaxants that had expired in 1981. So, they, so the pills themselves were six years older than his daughter. <laughs> wow. So you know they're they're six years younger than me. I'm 44. <laughs> And guess what? They worked. 
No. No. One of the lessons that he took from 1981 that expired in 1981 were effective and helped him feel a little wow. bit better. I'm blown away by that. I am too. I'm wondering, I'm wondering how much of that is a placebo effect. Because I'm you, wondering too, yeah, yeah. but because he was so laid up and, and because like he's not a hypochondriac, no. he, you know, he's not one of these guys that they, they, that whines about a hangnail or anything right. like that. Like he would, he would only take it <laughs> if he had a serious problem with it and, and felt like he needed it. And, in my mind, I don't think it was just a placebo. I think the medicine worked. Right. But I'm really curious, that, like, because I haven't talked to Dr. Mike or any of our, you know, doctor His friends about it. His head would spin. Right. Yeah, like, how seriously. is this? Uh, there are not any adverse side effects. Well, okay, so be careful. I think you need to really be careful when you're dealing with expired medicine. I had a friend who ended up in the emergency room. He took an expired antibiotic, and he broke out in hives. His throat start to, started to close. Uh-oh. And he, he ended up in the emergency room uh, because of it. And it I was specifically an expired antibiotic. Antibiotics. I was always under the now it might be different antibiotics, but I was always under the impression that uh, expired medication just doesn't have the potency. Yeah, it doesn't have its right. punch anymore. It won't work. Mm, I right. know with like it, it with be- antibiotics in particular, Kathy. They always say finish off the yes. end, the, the prescription, finish it off, <laughs> and I think it's partially just because you're supposed to con- complete the cycle with it, yeah, for it and to also work. not to, to have them hanging around. Well, and that's uh, exactly but- what it was. It was just something he hadn't finished. Right. It was left over. It was not from 1981, but it. <laughs> Was expired. I mean, what was the what, what, what was in the what, was, what would you find at the multiplex in 1981? What, right, yeah. what was on TV? Right, that is a good question. When to give that us some perspective. became yeah. Yeah. past its point of usefulness, well, ET hadn't come out yet. Um, what if uh, it expired in 81 and it had been expired for so long that it reached an age where it started working again? Right? <laughs> is it like wine? Yeah. Does does certain do muscle muscle relaxants age oh. like fine wine? Nick pulled up a list of popular movies in 1981. Chariots of Fire, okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Evil Dead, Time Bandits, Mommy Dearest, <laughs> there and we Stripes <laughs> were the top movies that year. When that medication wow. he used became unusable. Excalibur. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, I I have a habit of hanging on to medication for way too long as well. And, and now the antibiotics I will always finish because I'm like, I don't want to have to deal with this crap again. So, But other ones that are for or, you know, whatever, for pain management or some other things, you kind of take them and then you're, then, you know, you're getting past whatever you get past and then it just sits there forever. What about, what about things like aspirin, Preston, or, or um, general things that are perhaps less um, focused? What's the direction? Yeah, like Benadryl how, or, yeah. or, yeah. Benadryl! Yeah. How long can you keep that in a medicine cabinet? Yeah. I, I think a, maybe like a couple Four years. decades? No, no, no. I would say like a couple years, like one or two years, something right. like that. Like, I, I go through my medicine cabinet actually probably more often than most people and yeah. every time i go in there there's something that needs to be tossed out or at least you know has well, that's the thing you are always taught you in fact the, the psa's run all the time yeah about throwing away old medication yeah um so my wife used to work and sell um toothpaste and stuff and so when she uh, acquired her territory she got a um you know one of those uh storage uh, yeah, yeah. garages mm-hmm. and there's a whole bunch of boxes of expired um toothpaste that was um you know the trial sizes that basically yeah. when you go to the dentist you get that little gift package and there's a small thing yeah so, like travel size travel size toothpastes yeah. <laughs> that's probably a better way to describe it for us than travel size <laughs> um anywho the it was expired, but we... and, and You sold of, it as icing, didn't we, you? Yeah, we needed <laughs> the money. No, we actually gave it to a, um, uh, like a, a, a men's shelter. Sure. Uh, it's still, it's, stuff is it's still usable. Yeah. yeah. 
And Rochelle, who does uh, a lot of work with um, you know Crohn's disease uh, charities, uh, Mother's Wish, and so forth. Part of what what they hand out products are A and D ointment, which yeah, is yeah. you know for rash and stuff right, like that yeah. for for your butt. Yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> that stuff expired. I'm like, that stuff. Come on, yeah, that stuff's gonna be here forever and still work. I right? mean, you have to imagine it's it's something like it's like a topical cream, right? Yeah, like, right. Yeah, I yeah, mean, it's an ointment. It just it's probably maybe it's lost a little bit of its effectiveness, so. but it's still gotta work. Yeah, I don't know. I was just considered. I was just think that stuff will always work. You know, but probably right. we mm-hmm. might be wrong. But I'm it, sure it, we you know. know. Listen, I mean, the, take this text for what it's worth. It, it, it's not a, a doctor calling in, but says this person says if the pills are kept in a cool and dry place, they will still work. They can lose potency, uh, but painkillers can still work over four, four decades, decades, apparently. Yeah. So, but any, not things like antibiotics. Right. It says. Anything, though, that you purchase before the release of Excalibur <laughs> is right. probably suspect. <laughs> Alright, so I found this. Expired medical products can be less effective and risky due to a change in chemical composition yeah. or decrease in strength. Certain expired medications are at risk of bacterial growth and subpotent antibiotics can fail to treat infections leading to more serious illness an antibiotic resistance. So that's probably what happened to your friend. My friend, yeah, yeah. I guess so. And I've also read that uh, you should never flush your old medication right, yeah. down yeah. the toilet. Why is that? It can end up in the water the system. Water system the, yeah. the water system gets uh, filtered and reused. But some of those I don't drink my toilet water. Some of those medical um, components can stay in there and, wow. and can become dangerous. Huh. Mm. Uh, on a side note, don't you think that the toilet water should be a separate, like, sourced out <laughs> water that you don't have to treat as much? Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Like, toilet water doesn't have to be drinkable. I still keep a, a ladle <laughs> right next to my poop knife. <laughs> but it is. We yeah. went by a wastewater treatment plant the other day, and I had to explain to Jace what it was. And he was like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you're telling me when we flush the toilet and we brush our teeth, it's all coming here. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Let me go to <laughs> Becky. Hi, Becky. Good morning. Hi, guys. Gadzook. Gadzook says here you're a nurse. I am. <laughs> All right. And you wanted to explain a little bit about expired medication. I did. So one of the doctors I used to work for, he's a, um, a family doctor, and he's sort of old school. And he swears that the pharmaceutical companies just put an expiration date on it. So I looked into it a little bit further. Some drugs, like... Kathy Red can lose potency, but some drugs can actually gain potency. Huh. So you never know what you're dealing with. Do any do any drugs come to mind that are in the gains potency uh, category? <laughs> I don't know what drugs do what. <laughs> I guess I could no. see that somehow or another it concentrates <laughs> over time. Maybe some of the other, well, I don't know, some of the other elements deteriorate and therefore the ones that don't deteriorate as quickly might become more concentrated. Does that make any sense? Maybe Retin. Like cough medicines or liquids or something like that. So I, I so if I've gone into the medicine cabinet, we, we rotate our stuff, you know, we have a well stocked, you know, the, the basic things. Right. And if I were to find like like a NyQuil or something and it, you know, and there's a little crustiness or whatever on the on the uh, the cap, <laughs> I, I would still use it. I would not use, I guess the difference is, is between a prescription drug that you've gotten and something that you just get over the counter, you know, that's just in the aisle of a CVS as opposed to going up to the pharmacist and getting them something specifically. I might be less inclined to use that. Yeah. Does that? But do you think that's a good line of delineation? What's that? The over-the-counter stuff can be bad, too, because you might be taking different medicines now. Oh, that's true. back then. Right. 
All right. Oh, Interesting. Okay. Thank you, Becky. Oh, Appreciate it. You're welcome. Take care. Uh, every every like couple of years, I'll go through. We you know we we'll have our own personal medicine cabinet in the bathroom, but then there's kind of the family medicine cabinet in the yeah. kitchen. And every couple of years, I will go through and sort through that mess. Yeah. <laughs> and I've since organized them. I made little baskets. Kathy, you'd be very happy about this. <laughs> so I've got like you know, uh, I have a uh, pain management yeah. in one. I have oh. uh, stomach issues. You know, intestinal and stomach, gastrointestinal in one. We have the same thing. Allergies in another one, then first aid. Yeah. And then, you know, stuff like that. And so I have I bought these little baskets. I, by the way. Because otherwise it's just a mess. I it's love great. baskets. It's, baskets it's the are best, great. Best way to organize <laughs> yes. inside of your cabinet. So, but anyway, I uh, when going through that medicine cabinet, I realize that a lot of times nobody ever looks to see if we already have what oh, we yeah. need to get. And you just run by CVS and grab it mm-hmm. and you end up chucking in another another thing of of you know we had like eight bottles of cold and flu you may have noticed robitussin or something you know a difficulty finding mucinex dm on your uh pharmacy shelves i have it you have it all um, <laughs> i i was i didn't realize i'd been putting it in you talk about your baskets yeah, i've yeah. been putting it in the wrong basket uh-huh. so i kept getting it and preston i'm i'm good for the neck as whatever the duration is to the to excalibur 2 when that <laughs> <laughs> all right so i also found this on uh, harvard's health website uh now and i would not suggest this because i know what happened to my friend and that he ended up in the emergency room but most of what is known about drug expiration dates comes from a study that was conducted by Food and Drug Administration. So they say uh, what they found in the study is that 90% of more than 100 drugs, both prescription and over-the-counter, were perfectly good to use after 15 years. 15 years? 90% 90% of them? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a 10%. 10%. Yeah. yeah. You still don't want to do it. I still, yeah. no. Yeah. I, I what about 39 years? <laughs> yeah, I don't hey, know about by that. the way, here's a here's a text that says, uh, sunblock expires. Know this from experience. Yeah. So that is good to know as you're heading yeah. out this uh, summer. If yeah. you have stuff that's been sitting around well, for a while, take a look at the expiration If Mr. Date. T is on it, don't use it. <laughs> right. I bought sunblock at my TJ Maxx uh, last year, the year before, and I d- had no idea that it even expired, and I was just so excited because it was cheap. Because normally, cheap some luck. yeah, yeah, it's, uh, seriously, it was like three bucks a bottle. I was like, "This is great," and I, I bought all of it. And I told my wife, and she's like, "Dude, is it expired?" And I'm like, "What are you talking?" And thank God it, it had not expired, but it was really, really close to the expiration. No, I still have a day and a half. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it was cheap sunblock. Yeah. Sure, was no. it sunblurk? <laughs> no, 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 it was inexpensive sunblurk. Uh, it was you know banana burnt and banana burnt. Your summer tip for sunblock, don't buy it down the shore. It's like twice as expensive. I'll bet it. It's got to be, right? Buy it before you go. Anytime where you absolutely have no choice but to buy it there, it's going to be crazy expensive. Yeah. Uh, Hang on. I'm going to go to Oleg, I believe, who it says is a physician. Uh, Is your name Oleg? It is Oleg. Oleg. All right. So you wanted to clarify something here. Yes. Two things. So... The reason why a lot of medications shouldn't be flushed down the toilet is because when you do birth control pills and you flush them down the toilet, there have been studies showing that there are more female fish now in the water supply. And in general, it's actually messing up our ecosystem. Oh, my God. So birth control creates a boom of female fish? So. Yeah, the estrogen that the estrogen levels rise, and unlike humans, well, even with humans, 
higher levels of estrogen during in vitro actually can cause you to become... Hey girls, let's go <laughs> that, that actually does make sense because of the, the hormone imbalance. Um, so, so you're saying, oh and would you say, uh, Oleg, would you say that that is the direct main reason why they're admonishing people to not flush drugs down the toilet? No, that's one of the major one, reasons, right. but others are definitely the potency of some medications are <laughs> will last even in water for several days, and you don't want some of those chemo drugs. <laughs> All right. around All right. and you're drinking water. All right. Now, how about uh, medicine uh, losing and gaining potency? So the gaining potency, to be honest with you, I have never in my entire life heard of. I've never studied that. But like that Harvard study that you were talking about, it's actually pretty true that most medications kept in a nice dry place will maintain potency for a long time. Okay. Okay, so, so uh, Oleg, I don't know if you heard the beginning of this conversation, but it's, it's my girlfriend's father. Uh, it's medication from 1981. It's muscle muscle relaxants, and they worked just fine. Is, is that common? Is that uncommon? No, it's actually pretty common. It depends on... So if you think about things like in capsule form, when there's a liquid inside, the likelihood that it's actually going to stay intact is lower than one of just a regular pill yeah. crushed up little type pill. Yeah. So a lot of those will stay for years and years. I mean, don't don't throw away your your molar medication that you got from years ago just in case you you break your leg and you need to get some pain relief before getting to the hospital. It may still work. <laughs> All right. All right. Somebody somebody else was was pointing out that um medication expiration dates are usually Regardless, they're usually a year after they're exactly. filled, regardless of their manufacture date. Huh. Yep. And there's some websites that will give you an approximate time period for how long. But honestly, uh, my wife and I are both physicians and we'll keep extra antibiotics, extra medications for upwards of five years in our cabinet because they're still quite potent for the wow. most part. All right. So it, it, the, the situation, but it's the kind of thing, obviously, you want to be aware of and you can't, what's, what would you recommend? What's, what's the really um, obvious thing to look out for as far as medication for not exceeding the, uh, the cutoff date? What, what is, what are your most risk of screwing around with and having it be detrimental to your health? What medication? Antibiotics. It just Hands down, okay. All right. if you're not, if you're not a physician, if you're, like you said, finish what you have, like you're prescribed, right. don't save those. That is something that you definitely do not want to just keep around because you never know. Right. And it's in, infections are not something to be messed around with and kind of, well, five years down the line. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, right. no mm -hmm. don't do that. All right, Oleg, information, very good stuff. Thanks, man. Yep. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See ya. I, I have... You know, the older you get, the more medication you end up with. <laughs> so I, I have stuff that I don't even know what it's for right. anymore. And, <laughs> and I, honestly, I look at it like, I don't remember this. Yeah. I don't know what this was for. And, 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 and then, Why is Alf on this? Well, and then you add a skin condition on top of it, you know, because since I have psoriasis, there are a variety of ointments and things for different parts of the body that yeah. you need to use because of sensitivity levels and so on. So I got this stuff. I eventually had to write on the package because I, you know, I had, I get, you get it in on your elbows and your ears, uh, you know, uh, chins, different spots, right? right? And there's, a, there's a spot 
right above my butt crack where I get one. And the doctor gave me very specific medication. So I just wrote, and, and the packages look exactly the of same. Course, yeah. So I took a Sharpie and I wrote ears and butt on both of them. Butt crack yeah. I butt use crack ears and butt. <laughs> I don't want I to use ears and butt. Oh! <laughs> to use the butt stuff on my ears. Um, and my yeah. Uh, but I had, there's so much stuff that's just that, that you went and you took a few of them and all of a sudden you feel better and I don't need to take that anymore. And I just left it in the cabinet. I don't remember what the hell it's for. That's why, honestly, when I got into the pen medicine system and like you're like, what medication do you take? And I take this one pill that looks square and I do that. And yeah. They know all the time. Yep. Because it's just the kind of thing that we, we, I know we need to be more fastidious about it, but we just tend not to. When, uh, when Preston got sick earlier this year with the, the regular flu, um, Dr. Mike prescribed the, it's basically, it's like the morning after pill for the flu. So like yeah. if you've been exposed to somebody who has the flu and uh, it can help prevent it from from you getting it, right? We all went on it. Right. And, well, and so Tamiflu. Was, Tamiflu. Uh, but it was different than that. It was a prescription. Now, yeah, it was a, uh, they called it a prophylactic uh, yes, medication. That's exactly right. Yeah. But I didn't finish that medication and I was like, well, now I still, ha-, but now I'm holding on to it. I'm like, do I keep it for next year? Is it something that, that worth hanging on to? I, I don't even know. Nick, by the way, somebody wants to mention my little psoriasis thing is right where your second butthole is. <laughs> Probably should apply something. <laughs> Um, we have that in common. I would say this is that, again, in any situation where you've been prescribed an antibiotic, finish it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, hang on a second. Let me go to <laughs> Matt's been on hold for a little while. Hey, Matt, good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Oh, thank you, sir. So you used an, uh, uh, an outdated product, expired yes. Yeah, seven years ago, I hurt my back significantly, was out of work for a year, and I didn't feel like putting in my contacts, so I was you know, wearing glasses for several years until getting surgery, and two years ago, I returned to work full-time, and I went, I didn't go to the doctor that prescribed the contacts, but just an optometrist on the street where I worked, and I said... <laughs> I have contacts that expired 2017. Are they still okay? And she said, yeah, they should be fine. <laughs> and that's what I've been wearing. So, See, that's um, the problem. That should, they should, should be, be fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm not taking yeah, yeah, that yeah. chance mm-hmm. with my eyes. Well, I go to a, like a street proctologist who <laughs> wanders up and down. Right. Proctology! Yeah. No, I think, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but that's to that Kathy's point, should yeah, leave nah. a margin of error. I'm not comfortable with you. No, I agree. Like, I would never have LASIK for my eyes because I don't ever want to take a chance on anything happening to my eyesight. But I tried them, you know, the contacts for a day. They seemed fine. And, well, I'm about to run out of them anyway. So okay. Get some new ones. Get some new ones. Yeah. for an eye exam. So All right. The other thing I wanted to say, though, just as like a joke, um, if you take an acid that have expired, say, several years ago, would they upset your stomach? Ah. Uh. <laughs> Was yeah. it now? I missed it. I missed it. I get it. it would so. they upset your stomach if you're taking an antacid? An old antacid. Oh, I got it. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Um, Can you hit the dump button? Or? No. We, <laughs> no. We're going to hang out the drugs. See how he likes it. He worked on that. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyhow, uh, Nick, that's interesting. 1981. Yeah. Muscle relaxant that still works. Yeah. He just used it. Yeah, it worked just fine. Okay. We need to take a break. Be back in just a second. Stay down. Is your phone an app hole? 
You know, full of useless apps taking up space. Well, get rid of them and get the WMMR app. You can listen to us wherever you go, get important alerts and so much more. Because, after all, the world needs less app polls. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme. Enter Acme Swooping and Win Sweepstakes, and you could win up to $10,000 cash for 2024 Eagle season tickets. And all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at AcmeSwoopingAndWinGame.com. Acme makes sure Eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro. Stop in and discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Winter may seem like a strange time to replace the windows in your home, but with Window Nation, it's the perfect time. Right now, Window Nation is offering you 50% off all window styles. Plus, you can get 0% interest for five years. So get rid of those cold, drafty windows that are costing you more to heat your home. With savings this big, it's time to give Window Nation a look. It's easy. Simply call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com to get started. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Files. We'll begin with this story. Florida authorities are searching for a burglary suspect who has been Riley christened as a modern-day hamburglar. You should hear what he does. He allegedly broke into two restaurants cooked himself a snack before stealing from the establishments. <laughs> so Sheriff's That's Office... just rubbing salt on the wound. ...released surveillance photos of the man on his Facebook page on Friday. He most recently used a brick to smash the door of a Wendy's in Jensen Beach, started up the grill, and cooked himself a <laughs> burger, and then he took the safe from the restaurant. So... <laughs> He breaks the glass. We assume this sets off some sort of alarm, and he had enough time to prepare a meal and then steal the safe. Mm -hmm. Uh, The man tried breaking into a third business, uh, a gas station, but he couldn't gain entry. Officials described him as being in his mid-30s. He's wearing a baseball cap, khaki shorts, and black tank top during the Wendy's heist. Does he make the classic... I don't know if he was making... He was at Wendy's, so he he might have done that just to piss him off, so I don't really know. But yeah, he, he actually goes in and cooks. Wow. But as well, he's able to turn on the and let it heat up, turn on the grill, let it heat up, find out where the the, the burger patties are, mm. and make his way through there. Seems little, like an inside job. Yes, yeah, you're man. right. You'd have to know what you were doing. Yeah. Uh, an Uber driver who pulled over for some, who, uh, I'm sorry, who, yeah, who pulled over for some me time ended up getting into a tussle with police officers. Uh, a guy named Elliot Andre, Andrade uh, was charged with interfering with police and driving under the influence. Police say that they were dispatched for a suspicious vehicle, and they found a white BMW parked on the side of the road with its windows fogged up. Was he was he going to town on himself? He said that when the officers approached the car, uh, they saw Andrade reclined and pleasuring <laughs> himself in the driver's seat. <laughs> When an officer knocked on the car window, police said the driver appeared confused and started to pull his pants up. <laughs> the officer said, I asked Elliot what he was doing, and he said, I work for Uber. <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to do this. <laughs> police said that there was an open case of beer on the passenger side floor of the car. When Andrade was asked to recite the alphabet, police said he started with D and ended at K. 
I you wonder, missed a few. <laughs> I wonder if I and C fell in between those two. <laughs> yeah. um, Andrade got out and began reaching into his pants, fearing that he had a weapon. Police said they struggled with him before bringing him to the ground. Andrade began yelling that the object he was reaching for was a sex toy, <laughs> which he then pulled out of his underwear. So he literally had wow. that. And uh, they arrested him. What's well, like packing your lunch? You know, you things. bring your sex toy to work sure. yeah. for your me time. Uh, this is messed up. An alligator found holding a Florida man's lifeless body in his mouth Ooh. had ingested his foot and hand. Uh, the alligator's mouth was still clamped around part of the body of Michael Ford II, who was found floating in the water near a phosphate mine Thursday by an employee. I can't eat anymore. Wildlife officials captured and killed the reptile. A necropsy of, uh, revealed Ford's hand and foot inside the alligator's stomach. Uh, the Ford had other cuts on his body caused by the alligator. Now, his cause of death actually is drowning. So the final cause uh, is pending toxicology results. It could have been that this alligator just came across this and, dead body. And, yeah, pinched a free meal, basically. Yeah, so, I don't know. They're, uh, they're working on finding out. Uh, you've got to love this story. A Texas woman was banned from her local Walmart after police say she ate half a cake and then refused to pay for the missing portion. Oh, she only wanted to pay for half of it. <laughs> Honestly, I was uh, finding it hard to believe there was anything that could ban you from a Walmart. Yeah, uh, right. Police <laughs> were called to a Walmart after receiving calls that a woman walked around the store eating half a cake. I only eat half. And refusing to pay for the whole item. The suspect entered the bakery section of the store, proceeded to eat half of the cake while walking through the aisles. Once at the register, the woman demanded half off because she was only buying half a cake. <laughs> Police say she refused to pay for the missing half of the cake despite eating it on her way to checkout, but she ultimately paid for the whole cake once the police arrived, and after that, she was barred from the store for theft. So the cake didn't get you barred. You remember you had a story about a woman who was effectively running a meth lab in a Walmart bathroom? Oh. Yeah. She could probably still go <laughs> back probably still there. go back. Mm-hmm. A Kansas man who robbed a bank last September, and this is a follow-up story, and told police that he was hoping to get caught so he would get prison time to escape his wife, <laughs> was sentenced Tuesday to six months of home confinement oh, yes. <laughs> after pleading guilty. I love it. Lawrence John Ripple took the guilty plea in January. Oh, dear. He told the judge Tuesday that he had heart surgery that left him depressed when he committed the bank robbery. Uh, his public defense Fender told the court that Ripple had lived a law-abiding life and was in a stable relationship with his wife. He has four stepchildren with her. Uh, Ripple handed a note to the bank teller in Kansas City demanding cash and warned that he had a gun. Ripple took the money, about $3,000, and went to sit in the lobby where he told a uh, guard that he was the guy he was looking for. Officers quickly arrived. An FBI agent wrote in the affidavit that Ripple had earlier been arguing with his wife, and he told investigators that he wrote the note in front of his wife telling her he'd rather be be in jail than at home. And now he can't leave there for at least awesome. six months. Well, yep. jail should be unpleasant, right? Uh, it should be. And, you're right, uh, they arranged right. for that to be the case. One last story. A San Diego mom was left so shocked after her toddler bought a $430 couch online using her cell phone. She said, I thought, did I buy a couch in my sleep? <laughs> this is Isabella McNeil. She had been in the market for a new couch. She was recently browsing through options on the Amazon app on her cell phone. Yet her uh, pursuing uh, turned into a purchase when her two-year-old daughter, uh, Raina, unknowingly pressed the buy now with one click button on Amazon. 
Amazon for the piece of furniture. It was only until a few days later when she got a notification that the couch had shipped that she realized something had gone wrong. She also remembered her daughter had been playing with her phone. Uh, She said, now I know it's really dangerous and I need to make sure that the Amazon app is closed before my daughter takes the phone. It's just so easy. I always assume that'd be a risky proposition, handing your phone over to your kid with those apps on the phone. Yeah. Uh, McNeil was unable to return the couch before it shipped, and returning it after the fact proved to be pricier than just trying to resell it on OfferUp, which she decided to do. Her listing describes the couch as brand new in the box with a price tag of $300. It cost 430 so she's out some of the cash, and she notes that she ordered it by mistake in the listing. So she's trying to get rid of that. And that is what I have for you in the bizarre file for now, my friend. So... Uh, we are going to take a quick break. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 